Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Tuesday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. I'm joined on the program today by Brooks Childress and Ryan Lavoy. It's an awesome Tuesday here inside our studios. We have got a great show planned for you as we will be talking with CJ Holmes of the San Francisco Chronicle, a former Auburn men's basketball player, about the Western Conference Finals. He was hanging out with Charles Barkley last night, so we'll hear about that and more when he joins our show at 3.30 today. We've got birthdays and sports here on today's program. We've also got our nightly TV guide. We're going to have our sports call player of the week and we'll have Justin Ferguson in our studio as we'll go over NBA war. We put out a very fun tweet online that's getting a lot of interaction that we'll add commentary to so be on the lookout for that uh, discussion that takes place here on today's show. Again, Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress join me here in inside the studios guys how are you doing today i'm doing very well and um excited to be on the show today with you fine gentlemen excited to have ferg on uh and in the studio today play another round of nba war um i excited about uh, having cj holmes on to talk some about the nba playoffs and we're we're getting we're getting late uh in in the in these series and only got uh nba finals left um, after these conference finals, so we're well over halfway into the playoffs, and and uh, like I said, we could have a series wrap up tonight with Golden State, and he covers the Warriors, and so excited to talk to him about that, and uh, this Auburn women's golf team, uh, how about them making the final four here as Auburn sports continue to uh, do well in a bunch of different areas, and uh, also you know just waiting on Auburn baseball to play it some point today or tomorrow or you know in the year 2022 in the sec tournament uh with the delays and having alabama and georgia pushed back and having a couple delays with their game and don't know when auburn will actually get to play tonight maybe 10 or 11 o'clock uh but be looking forward to that and, and seeing if auburn uh, can get out of this unfortunate situation, losing two out of three to Kentucky, then playing Kentucky again today, trying to get into the double elimination por- portion of the tournament. So we'll talk about that. And, uh, yeah, again, sad to be with uh, with you fine gentlemen. Brooks, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Like Ryan said, shout out to the Auburn women's golf team making the final four. They're about to uh, tee off in just a little bit, probably about an hour away from uh, teeing off actually against uh, the number one team in the country, Stanford. And then uh, they'll face whoever wins that will face that match will face the winner of Oregon and Texas A&M, another SEC team in the final four. Uh, they just teed off in their first match. So through one, Texas A&M is up at 
one match and everyone else is yet to tee off. So some couple SEC teams in the Final Four of the Women's Golf Championships here for, for the NCAA. So exciting uh, there. Exciting for the conference. Exciting for the Auburn Women's Golf Team. Shout out to everybody that is uh, getting out and voting today. Uh, you got till 7 o'clock tonight to get out and uh, exercise your civic right to vote. Uh, myself and Ryan Lavoie, both sporting the I Voted stickers in the studio today. So uh, if you don't know your polling place, make sure you get and find out and try to get out there to uh, to, to vote this evening, this afternoon, before polls close for the primaries tonight. And then, of course, unfortunately, last night, the Atlanta Braves couldn't get a win- series opening win against the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Took two out of three over the weekend against the Marlins. Big division series. Uh, these these three series. You had the Marlins this past weekend. You had the Phillies for four this midweek. And then you got the Marlins again uh, coming up this weekend. So you got to get, get some wins here after going three and three last week uh, against some very, very tough competition. You really would really like the Braves to come back and, you know, at least split the series with the Phillies and then hopefully come back and get another series win this weekend. But it's going to be tough. It's, it's a really, really fun series for the Braves coming up here in the next couple days. So can't wait to talk about all that. Can't Spe- to, speaking know, of voting, Brooks, I was yeah. just going to throw in there. Uh, I don't know about you. I did not write in Paul Feinbaum for <laughs> uh, any political uh, race today. So I didn't write in Brian Harson for any political okay. race. All right. So we, we didn't do any write-ins today, JJ. No write-ins. Good stuff. Way to accomplish that. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 We've got birthdays in sports coming up here in just a little bit. We do also want to wish a very happy birthday again publicly on the airwaves today to our very own Brant Daughtry, who's celebrating his golden birthday, turning 24 on the 24th. Our buddy Austin Scott made a really nice uh, birthday post for Brant online that you can check out Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sports Call AU. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 should you want to call in and be a part of the program as we go to our Auburn Bank phone line today. Joining us now, James from Montgomery. James has called into today's program. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle, sir. Yeah, I know that y'all were just talking about somebody that uh, had a birthday today. I think it's Brant. Uh, Brant Daltrey. Happy birthday, man. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. We'll uh, we'll be sure to pass it along to him. Yeah, that's well. Um, with that being said, um, I'm feeling great. Um, I'm very excited to see uh, all sports of uh, yesterday. I was watching uh, different sports on uh, Saturday and Sunday. I was watching the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs on uh, Saturday. And then on Sunday, I was watching... Uh, a little bit of uh, NASCAR from uh, Texas, so it was kind of it was kind of hard to you know be bouncing around from one station to you know another sports channel. It was just hard for me to you know take it out take it all in on a, on a busy weekend. Yeah, like there's that. always a lot of sports going on, so it can be difficult to choose what you're going to watch. Yeah, so I had um, I was watching the NBA uh, playoffs. I was watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. I was watching the uh, baseball games. I was watching uh, a little bit of golf or the PGAs. I was so busy. I, I just had to just squeeze it all in as well. No doubt about that. What else is on your mind, James? Well, I'm actually going to be watching uh, the Auburn Women's Golf Tournament in a couple of hours from now and seeing if Auburn is going to actually take a big win against Sanford today in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona as well. We certainly hope so. We hope that they're able to get it done and uh, see how far they can advance. Yeah, so who will be the first uh, female golfer for Auburn? Who's going to see off first? 
Uh, we don't have their official lineup yet as to who's going to be there. But uh, Brooks, you got something? It's going to be uh, Kaylee Telfer. Okay, She's Kaylee be the Telfer. First one off the there team. you go. Okay, Kaylee. Okay. okay, so I'll, I'll actually see how good she will do for Auburn, and I'm hoping she will make an eagle for for us as well. Yeah, that'd be a great start. That'd be a great start. Yes, that's why, because I am going to be, um, when, when we play against Stanford, uh, Stanford uh, today, I think I'm going to be cheering really loudly for us to actually get a win um, for the golf tournament as well. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to be cheering loud for uh, to make sure that Auburn can uh, pick up a big win. Yeah, and then for the Auburn men's baseball team, I know we're playing in Hoover, Alabama, so I'm going to be watching that one. Um, but I'm just trying to see um, what will be the start time for that game as well. So I'm thinking they'll keep it at 8 o'clock tonight. I'm no, they, they, they can't sure. do that. They've already had to push it back to 10 o'clock at least. It could be even later than that, but because of some rainouts, they've already had to push it back to 10 o'clock. Okay, so I'll probably uh, wait for for a little while longer, and um, I'll probably – I'll just probably um, wait for that one as well. And when that actually um, comes around, I'll just probably be uh, rooting really loudly for us to actually get a win uh, against Kentucky and uh, seeing who we'll be playing in uh, Sunday's matchup as well. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm curious to see how long these delays can go and kind of what those matchups look like and that sort of thing. So, uh, But you're going to be rooting for the Auburn Tigers, it seems like. All right, you also said the NBA playoff game tonight, James, was something that you wanted to highlight. Yes, I did want to highlight that because uh, tonight is game four, so I'm, I'm pretty curious that my Dallas Mavericks are going to win. So we're playing at home, so I'm – I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we're going to get a big win and uh, seeing if we would make it to the um, playoffs in June. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that we're going to win. Uh, I know I have a lot of a lot of uh, confidence in my team as well. So what would happen if you won tonight's game? What would be next? Uh, what would be next? If my Dallas Mavericks won game four tonight, I'll just have to celebrate in the in the biggest way that I can. Okay, that's what you would do. Yeah, because I I would probably celebrate, you know, with a big win, you know, on Twitter, just you know, tweeting the guys for the Dallas Mavericks and saying congratulations on the big win as well. I love it. I love it. All right, I've got some movie trivia for you that you would ask for. Are you ready for yes. it? Yes, I am. All right. Here's here's a couple. We, we looked up some movie trivia questions. What is the name of the first Harry Potter movie? Uh, let me see. The first Harry Potter movie would be Harry Potter. Uh, the first one would have to be Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Close, close. That was the second one. Uh, let me see. The first one would have to be Harry Potter. Mm, I'll probably take a good guess at this one. I think it was Harry Potter and. Mm, I'll probably pass on this one. Okay, the Sorcerer's Stone was uh, that the first one. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. 
Okay. All right. What animated movie features a pet rat that turned into a chef? Um, like a chef rat. in the kitchen. A pet rat that turned into a chef in the kitchen. That would have to be Ratatouille. Yes. Very good. Very good. Did you see that movie? Yes, I actually did uh, see that movie as well because I always watch a lot of um, animated uh, cartoon uh, movies on the weekends as well. What movie... Did Tim Burton train 40 squirrels to crack nuts for rather than using CGI? What movie did Tim Burton train 40 squirrels to crack nuts for rather than using CGI? Oh, I've seen this movie so many times. I am I am a huge Tim Burton fan. I love all of his movies. And this one, oh man, this one takes the cake with 40 squirrels that he had to train I would have to say it stars uh, Johnny Depp oh um I would have to say Pirates of the Caribbean or something close uh but not quite uh how about if I give you a hint that it stars Charlie Depp as Willy Wonka <clears throat> Oh, yes, I know. I know that's fun. It's coming back to me now. With the, with the song from the Oompa Loompas uh, actually buzzing around in my head. Yeah. Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. There we go. There we go. Very good job. Yeah, he, he trained 40 squirrels to crack nuts as opposed to making the computers do it. He wanted to train them how to do that for the movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty cool story, huh? Yeah, it is. Okay, uh, that's awesome. You did a really good job on movie trivia today, James. Yes, as well, because I do love uh, a lot of movies as well. And um, probably this coming up Friday, I'm actually going to watch the new uh, Tom Cruise movie, um, Maverick. For the Top Gun series. Yes, it is. It's, it's actually um, part two. Uh, it's, uh, it's the second part of uh, Top Gun of uh, the sequel as well so this is where um, Tom Cruise actually comes back and he's training another uh, another another set of um, of aviator uh, Navy aviator pilot to actually be the next uh, the next you uh top gun uh instructors as well no kidding you're you are a movie buff that is for sure james well buddy it was really good to hear from you today yes as well and then i'm going to be um looking at some nfl news actually seeing uh some of the new players and seeing where they're going to be actually going for their uh mini camp uh theory uh, you know where wherever they're going to be placed for their new uh seasons that's going to be coming up uh in a and I think in September, or so I think the first game will be the first game that will be kicking off will be uh, Tampa Bay and uh, the Dallas Cowboys. That will kick it off as well. And then I'm actually going to be watching a big, big game between the Las Vegas Raiders and the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So I got uh, I got the Raiders winning against uh, Jacksonville.
for for the uh, classic matchup in uh, Canton, Ohio as well. Yeah, big time prediction there from you, James. It's always good to hear from you and look forward to talking to you on tomorrow's show, okay? All right, sounds good, and War Eagle. War Eagle, indeed. That's our buddy James from Montgomery joining us right there on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's take our first commercial break of today's program. When we come back, more of your phone calls. This is Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. This is Andy Bertram, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 to be on the program. Coming up here in just a moment, C.J. Holmes for the San Francisco Chronicle, a former walk-on for the Auburn men's basketball team, will be on our show. He currently covers the Golden State Warriors. We'll talk a little bit about the Western Conference Finals, uh, some storytelling with him from his night last night with Charles Barkley, and then he actually just sent us a message that he really wants to chime in on our Twitter poll. So we'll be sure to do that. I don't know that pool, a poll excuse me, is necessarily what we would describe this, but I just posted mine out there on the interwebs, and we asked you to pick a former Auburn men's basketball player for each of the following. Get a bucket, get a defensive stop, make a three, get a rebound, make two free throws, and go for 30 points in a game. And I'm really curious what some folks are going to say for these. Uh, as uh, we've gotten a couple of answers, someone replied back, Jabari Smith, for all of these except rebounding. I hate to inform you, that is <laughs> right. not how it works. You cannot use the same name twice. Uh, but I think it's going to be great conversation that we're going to be able to have with these. This was a fun idea that uh, I saw from one of my buddies in the, the Duke basketball world and said, let's do this for Auburn. Let's put it around the basketball team here at Auburn and, and see what kind of interactions we can get. I mean, and also you could, you know, I'm not going to reveal any answers of mine right now, but you could do this in so many different ways because you could you could obviously do what, a, what is pretty common and, and kind of uh, pick an era. So we're letting it everybody uh, on the whole air. So you know the per, you know Chuck Person, Charles Barkley will be involved here. Um, Mark, maybe Marquise Daniels, and then obviously some of these guys that we've seen over the last five to six years at Auburn. But you could also always make it very era specific. You can do the uh, anti of these, like yeah. so it's like who's most likely to break a three, or <laughs> you know, or you could just create you know silly, you know, like most likely to throw one to the crowd, most likely to commit a dumb foul, you know, and all these other superlatives too. Today's just a day. Of superlatives, isn't it? Uh, between yeah. our NBA, NBA war, war. Game I forgot later. about that. Yeah, uh, and what you know, that's a. I'm a, I'm enjoying to see what people would respond with. Yeah, Ferg's uh, going to contribute to this a little bit later when he joins the show as well. I'm wondering if the more we do this, the more of a consensus that we're going to get 
with these selections, yeah, that but, might be the case. But I think there's still room for a, a few different definitions, you know, because it's like get a bucket. What kind of bucket am I getting? Is it in clutch? Is it with 15 minutes to go in the first half? Just get a bucket. It's just very general. Get a bucket. Yeah. And what does that mean to you? You know, get a defensive stop. Maybe you want a big guy like Kessler, but maybe you want an on-the-ball defender. Kessler's good. You know? Kessler's good. I could also be a stickler and say, what kind of three am I making? Is it a catch and shoot? Is it a dribble pull up? You know? So, I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of ways people can go with this, I, and I love that. Uh, it doesn't always have to be specific. There's times for specifics. There's time to let people go to town with it. I like it. Brooks, what are you thinking about this? Uh, and I'm like, Ryan, I, I didn't, I'm not going to reveal any answers because we'll get to that a little bit later. But I think it's a really intriguing question. I, I do I do agree. You know, you can go with an error. You can think about, you know, more recently and all the way, in, you know, years ago. Um, but it just it makes you think a little bit about different different players, different styles of play. Um there's some guys, you know, you you've already put yours out on Twitter. There's some guys that I, you know, looked at there and I'm like, oh, well, I didn't, I didn't think about that. But it starts to make you, you know, you think you have a list in mind, and then you see someone else's answers. And you're like, well, maybe that person would be better, and yeah. you, you start to think about it a little bit more. It's just, it's a really, really intriguing question, and um, I can't wait to see what everybody has to say. I can't wait to uh, reveal coming up here in a little while. I love it. We'll talk with C.J. Holmes of the San Francisco Chronicle about our question of the day about the Western Conference Finals and more coming up next. You are listening to Sports Call on WTGZ Tiger 95.9. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Welcome back into Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. We hope that you're doing well on this Tuesday. We're excited to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a good friend of ours, C.J. Holmes, writes for the San Francisco Chronicle, formerly of the Auburn University men's basketball team, formerly of The Athletic and many other professional publications. It's been a little while since C.J.'s been on the show. Glad to reunite with him here on today's program. C.J., we appreciate the time. How are you, man? Gentlemen, good to hear from you. Doing well. Dude, catch us up. It's been a little bit. It was 2020 the last time we spoke. The NBA was trying to figure out a bubble setup, and you've changed not occupations, but you've changed uh, where you're working, who you're covering, and that sort of thing. So catch our listeners up to speed on what's going on in the world of C.J. Holmes. Oh, man, lots happened since the NBA bubble. Uh, I was living in Tucson when the pandemic hit, covering the University of Arizona men's basketball and football um, when the pandemic hit the athletic made some changes uh, I ended up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania uh, covering big five college hoops for those on the show who don't know that's uh, Villanova, LaSalle, St. Joe's Temple and Penn um, so I did that for a year and some change and then I was 
you know, I was uh, uh, the San Francisco Chronicle reached out to me one day, and I was at a Sixers game. They're like, "Hey, we're looking for a Warriors writer. Are you interested?" I was like, uh, "Yeah." <laughs> um, so went through the interviewing process, got the job, moved out to Oakland, California, in February. Uh, first day at the Chronicle, February twenty second. They had me on the road out to Portland on the twenty third, and it's just kind of been a, a whirlwind of you know. Um, learning the NBA beat and, you know, learning the Warriors and the team. And, you know, it's, it's crazy that it was just a couple months ago, but I feel like I've been doing this for a year and now uh, it looks like uh, I'll at least be doing it for, uh, um, you know, I'll, I'll, this season's, Warriors season's going to extend another couple couple weeks because uh, it looks like those boys are going to the finals. It, it certainly does look like it. Up 3-0 in the series, and we'll get to that in just a moment. C.J. Holmes, our guest right now. Follow him on Twitter at C.J. Holmes 22. So awesome to follow your work and what you've been up to over the years, and all of our conversations with you have been absolutely electric. We know how plugged in you are still to the life of Auburn men's basketball, and I want to get to that here in just a little bit. But I mentioned the Twitter profile, and last night, there's word that uh, you actually ran in to the one and only Charles Barkley. Two former Auburn men's basketball players running into each other in Dallas for the Western Conference Finals. Tell us about that interaction, CJ. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, I was out getting dinner with uh, a couple media folks, and you know, afterwards, some folks went home. A couple of other us, Tim Cato of uh, the Athletic, covers the map. Was like, hey, we're over at this. Uh, at this bar in Dallas, a couple blocks down from where you are, and no, oh, yeah, Charles Barkley's there, and I was like, I'll be right there. <laughs> um, walked up to Charles. Uh, surprisingly, he remembered me, Charles. You know, when I was playing, Charles would you know often be around the team, you know, speak to us in the locker room a couple times. And uh, let's just say I didn't pay for a drink last night. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was a, it was a very good time um, hanging out with him. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while, and it was a super cool experience. That's got to be surreal. I mean, were you surprised that he remembered you, CJ? Oh, a little bit. A little bit. Like, I, you know, I walked in, and I walked straight up to him, and I was like, hey, you know, you remember me. You know, CJ Holmes used to play all. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I remember you. Like, you know, like, what, what, how, you know, what's going on? Like, where you at these days? And, you know, I told him I was working for the Chronicle, and, you know, he was happy for me with that, and, you know, and the drink started flowing. I love it. I love it, man. That's a great story. I can only imagine what Barkley was like in that setting. We're so used to watching him on television these days and all the crazy things that he's saying. Let's get more into yeah, uh, the Warriors. And, uh, Go ahead. Take a picture, send it straight to Bruce Pearl. <laughs> That's what you did that. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's get to uh, let's get to the season. So you get this new job in February. You're covering the Warriors' first trip out to Portland. It's a team that's won many championships in the last decade. Everyone's healthy once again, and all of a sudden they found themselves in the finals. Pretty good timing on your part. Well, yeah, man. Um, you know, when I took the job, you know, one of the most exciting parts of taking the job was you know knowing that there's a possibility that this team could you know, go to the finals. And it's funny because when I first got on the beat, you know, a lot of fans were giving me, uh, giving me some, giving me some stuff because the Warriors are, you know, they're getting injured. They're going on these long losing streaks. They're like, we were good until CJ Holmes showed up. But, (laughs) but, um, you know, the part that really resonates me when I think about, you know, the, you know, the Warriors season after the all-star break when I got on board is, you know, despite the losing, despite the injuries, the common theme in a lot of the news conferences were, yeah, just wait till we get healthy. You know, there's just like no sense outside of a game in Orlando when Draymond Green kind of ripped the team and, you know, you know, tried to get a rise out of his teammates. 
there was never really a sense of panic from these guys. And it's, I think it's that championship DNA that Steph Curry's always talking about. And sure enough, um, you know, of course they're not 100% healthy right now. Iguodala's still out with a neck injury. Gary Payton II's working his way back after getting injured in the Memphis series. Um, you know, James Wiseman hasn't played at all all year long. But, the, you know, the, the core is healthy, right? You know, they're all back on the floor together and Sure enough, here are these guys knocking on the door of yet another trip to the finals. And something, CJ, I've noticed about watching this team over the years and and in this playoff run, it it seems like they are perfectly okay with the all-star player on the other side getting theirs and having big games. But why do they put such a big emphasis on, on, on letting that happen but but playing very tough on the other guys because it seems to me you know Luca has had his forty point games here but obviously Golden State has gotten the results that they wanted so uh, you know it seems that they have really mastered the art of, of kind of letting the the Lucas the Ja Morants the Lebrons over the years you know, have theirs but been able to execute the defense and the other forms and fashions. Now that's a really good observation, man. It's exactly what the team's doing, you know, and and. From their in their minds, from their standpoint, like you said, like Luka Doncic is too good. He's gonna get his Nikola Jokic in the opening round. He's too good. He's gonna get his John Morant. He's too good. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like these guys, these guys are superstars in this league for a reason. There's very few things you can do to completely shut them down. The most that you can do is make these guys work. And it's you know, as we've seen in this series uh, against the Mavericks. You know, Luca's had two 40-point games, right, so far. Um, but here's the thing. When the Mavericks get scary, is not when Luca scores 40 points. The Mavericks get scary when Luka Doncic scores 40 and Jalen Brunson adds 30 and Spencer Dinwiddie has 32. That's when you're in trouble. Um, so, you know, from a strategy standpoint, in this series it's been, you know, we're going to put Andrew Wiggins on Luka Doncic as primary defender. We're going to throw a lot of defensive looks at him, both man and zone. I mean, they've gone box one. They've gone one, two, two. I think they've gone three, two, two, three. Um, and just to, con- just to not necessarily confuse him, Luka's a, a hell of a smart player, but to you know, just make him work both mentally and physically as much as you can and to make sure that you limit the other guys completely. And, you know, when you do that, you know, that, that's when you can beat a team like the Mavericks. CJ, spending these last few months around the Warriors, I- I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on on Clay Thompson because this is a guy from afar that I've always really admired because this is a a, a really wonderful two way player that went before the injuries. He was never the top player on the team. He always contributed 20 points, great defense, but it was always Steph or Draymond being talked about primarily, and obviously Steph. Uh, more than anybody, but some guys in the league feel that they want to be the guy at, at some point in their career, and Clay has never seemed to care about where the credit goes to, and then obviously he has two years of just brutal, the worst injuries you can have in the sport, essentially, and, and comes back and uh, obviously had a few struggles, but really, for all intents and purposes, been uh, a lot better than you can imagine for not playing the game in two years. Talk about what you've kind of learned about Clay Thompson here in the last few months and, and what kind of person and what drives him. You, you know, what immediately comes to mind is there was a news conference after a game um, 
a while back, maybe a couple weeks ago. I can't remember if it was in the playoffs or the regular season. But one thing Clay said is, look, I don't have to prove anything to anyone. I think everyone knows that, you know, Clay Thompson is one of the best shooters to ever play the game. I mean, what, the man dropped, like, what, 60 off four dribbles or something crazy like that a couple of years back? You know, he's a, he's a three-time champion, could be a four-time champion this year, and he's a guy who's always been content of, been content with staying in his own lane, staying within himself, and thriving in the role that he's given. Um, he's very unselfish. Um, you know, in his news conference, it's never me. It's always we, my teammates. And, you know, it's the kind of mentality that's helped this Warriors team um, win multiple championships, right? Like, there's, like, four future Hall of Famers on this team, right? But these guys are – these guys really embody selflessness. And I think, honestly, no one more than Clay. I mean, he, does, he doesn't care if he's scoring 30 on 15 of 20 shooting or if he has a rough night, you know, scoring seven on, like, 30 shots, right? Um, the guy plays hard. Um, he stays in the moment. And, you know, when the Warriors can get games out of him when he explodes, then, you know, it just makes him that much better. And, CJ, your instincts for tonight, I, I know we saw this team um, get up three games to one on Memphis. Uh, things didn't go well in the first quarter, and then things continued to get a lot less well throughout the game to a, a deficit we've never seen this team before. Uh, how wh- how do you think they're going to balance the desire to sweep Dallas tonight versus, well, we, we know game five is in San Francisco. We feel comfortable there. If it doesn't work out tonight, we can finish them off in game five. I mean, that is a good point. You know, they do know that, you know, whether they, you know, if they if they do wind up losing tonight, they're going back to San Francisco where they have not lost um, at Chase Center in this year's playoffs. But you know, they they would definitely like to get the job done tonight. You know, especially considering that series in the Eastern Conference between the between the Heat and the Celtics is tied at two two. They would really like the benefit of that added rest uh, heading into the NBA Finals. Um, but, you know, one thing talking to the guys today and yesterday, they're just trying to stay in the moment. And they're trying to learn um, from those past closeout game failures, right? You know, Steve Kerr has always said, oh, we came into it, you know, too amped up. You know, we're sitting here throwing the ball over the gym, turning it over. Um, the Warriors just have to execute tonight, man. They just have to, you know, play like the veteran championship team they are. Um, you know, last game, Dallas takes a lot of threes. and they miss a lot of threes, um, they're kind of easy to beat, but you know this is another game on their home floor, and I just cannot envision them shooting the three ball as poorly as they did in Game Three. And I think the Warriors are prepared for that and ready for that. And you know they come into this game as they come into this game focused and locked in on the game plan, and they stay within themselves and you know play that veteran poise. Um, I think they'll be just fine. But you know if you ask Jay- Draymond Green, he'll tell you that they're expecting a war tonight. Follow him on Twitter at CJHolmes22 for his coverage of Game 4 tonight of the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. All right, before we let you get out of here, we've been talking a little bit about basketball. We put out a fun 
post on our Twitter feed today, CJ, that I sent you a little preview ahead of time, and I want to get your input on this, all right? So we're talking about Auburn men's basketball players, one to get a bucket, someone to get a defensive stop, making a three-pointer, getting a rebound, making two free throws for you, and going for 30 in a game, and you can't use the same player twice. Was, Was there any of these that were pretty tricky for you to look like, or did you feel like you could come to a conclusion pretty quickly? I feel like I got a pretty good conclusion. Now, let me clarify. Does this mean all time? Yeah, we, we put no time era specifications on this. But if you would like to, if you want to say the Bruce Pearl era and sort of your time and on, uh, feel free to go that direction. Yeah, I'll go with the, you know, Barbie, late Barbie, early Pearl era. Sure. Um, so get a bucket. I'm going to go with my brother, KT Arrow. <laughs> uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I kind of wanted to say Chris Denson, right? Because this dude has the most unstoppable left-handed drive I still have ever seen in my life. But I'm going to go with KT. Um, defensive stop. I'm going to go with Walker Kessler, right? Defensive players of the year, the guy swatting shots all over the gym, getting triple-doubles. Uh, to make a three, I mean, this, I think this is obvious one. I'm going to go with my guy, Bryce Brown. Yeah. Get, get a rebound. Give me Horace Spencer. The guy is dominant on the glass and has a unmatched motor. Um... Two free throws. Two free throws. Uh, let's put Jared on the line. Jared Harper. He's going to knock him down. Go for, and to go for 30, Jabari Smith. I like it. That's pretty good. That's pretty good right there. You missed your basketball playing day, CJ. Like covering a basketball at this level and uh, being on this stage. Does it make, I mean, are you wanting to play pickup every single day after watching the games? What's that itch like? I definitely miss it, man. Uh, I don't think my body's in the same shape it used to be back in the day, but uh, I miss it. You know, always you know going to these shoot arounds and practices and games always brings back memories of um, you know playing at I guess Neville Arena. I guess yes, is what we call correct. Of <laughs> uh, playing at Neville Arena and you know the camaraderie, my teammates, and you know I miss it a lot. And I'm just thankful that I'm in a position where I can stay close to the game. Um, even though I'm not playing you know in a meaningful way anymore, but you know I'll still I'll still dust off the dust off the sneakers and lace them up every once in a while. Love it. Love it. CJ, as always, it's great catching up with you. We'll do this again sometime soon. We won't make it as long between our next visits, all right? Hey, you know where to find me. That's right. War Eagle, buddy. War Eagle. All right, that's CJ Holmes of the San Francisco Chronicle joining us there on our Auburn Bank phone line. Warriors going for the series win tonight and trying to make it back to the NBA Finals. Read CJ's work on the San Francisco Chronicle. And he had some good, good answers there. His buddy KT Harrell, who he's still in contact with to this day, getting a bucket. That guy was pretty good. Let's take a break. We're back with more right after this. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on the program, Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. Justin Ferguson will join us in studio at 4 o'clock. We'll have Player of the Week a little bit later 
And uh, we've got a lot of things to get into. NBA War will be played with Justin Ferguson on today's show as well. And your phone calls are always welcome. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 Before Ferd gets here, and with about six or seven minutes left in the hour, we got one more phone call here today in the hour. We've got... Ward Dam Steve. Retired War Dam Steve here to close out the hour with us. Hello, Steve. Hi, good afternoon, everybody. And uh, I hate it that uh, Birthday Boy is not around, but... Happy birthday to you, Brent. Happy birthday to our buddy, Brent Daughtry, indeed. Yes. He says thank you very yes, much, sir. Steve. Yep. Uh, the old man uh, deserves a big happy uh, warrior birthday. He's getting old, that's for sure. That's for sure. All right. Guys, I'm, I'm, I'm in the lightning round, so let's go. Let's go. Uh, I saw this, and it was <laughs> a hand scratcher from uh, Mr. Uh, Josh Pate. Late kick blitz. Somebody by the name of Bradley Hall, he says, has Auburn going 0-8 in conference play. Are we serious about this? It's a little uh, extreme. Hall, guys? I've never heard that name in my life, I'll be honest. And uh, Mr. Josh Pace says, well, we should win at least one or two. Are you kidding me? I mean, are we this? I mean, explain to me, guys, because I'm missing it here. I know uh, I'm an Auburn homer, but good Lord, if we can't win at least four SEC games, uh, then I think Brian Harson's out. Yeah, I mean, look, I know that also people are a little alarmed because some odds came out uh, last night from Bet Online with over/under win totals for the Tigers, and they were listed at five and a half, uh, which seems crazy low for Auburn five football going into the upcoming season. Yeah, that's uh, it's going to be an interesting off season uh, for a lot of discussion about this Tigers football program. Well, guys, including you, you know, JJ, what's going on? What are these predictions based on? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we're not world beaters uh, this season, but good God. I mean, you think we were um, a level two um, a talent team. I think it's the quarterback situation, Steve, and, and obviously trying to figure that out. Uh, it's the fact that Auburn went 6-6 six and six last year, and even though it was close, um, obviously the quarterback that, that won them the majority of the games last year is not back. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's that surprising, personally, to, to see these projections. You don't? Well, I, no, I, think, I, I would project it, Auburn around six or seven wins as well. Well, that's horrible. Well, that's probably we the most win, realistic expectation. Realistically, I think we should win eight games. And remember, we fired Gus Malzahn for, winning, for, for averaging only eight wins a season. I am aware. Yep, I'm uh, I, I don't see it. I do not see us uh, not doing any better than eight, eight games. Uh, are you? Uh, I mean, you're telling me that? Uh, I mean, our, yeah, our, our quarterback said that we've got competing are not unknowns. Zach Calzada actually beat uh, Alabama last season, uh, and then we've got uh, Ashwood from Oregon, who uh, I saw doing spring game, but you know, uh, he does not seem to be like you know he doesn't uh, you know know what's happening. Um, as a quarterback, uh, and I mean, good Lord, you're taking us down, according to these prognosticators, to a what? A an abysmal 2012 season? Uh, I did not say that. Six or seven wins is certainly not 2012. Oh. It's just simply. Um, you no, no, know. I'm going by. But I'm going by Mr. Bradley Hall's uh, going 0 for 8 in conference play, and then you got Josh Pate saying, uh, "Well, well, I think we can win one or two SEC games." Right. Well, I think. I mean, I think they'll beat Missouri. Uh, I think that they have a 
um, a, a solid chance against Mississippi State. Um, but you you look at it, and you know I, they won't beat Alabama or Georgia. Um, they'll have uh, a very important game against LSU because LSU's in, in year one of Brian Kelly. Obviously, Auburn was able to walk into Death Valley last year and win. That's a home game for Auburn. That's a game that will be very determining, I feel. Uh, it's in the first half of the season. LSU brought in a very good transfer portal group. They, they had a good recruiting class. Um, so th- that, that type of game will tell you which way it's headed uh, because Auburn will need to win that game at home because you look also at, at A&M will be a difficult game. Um, Ole, Ole Miss will be an interesting game. Auburn was able to beat them, obviously, with with Corral. So you'd like Auburn's chances, however it is, on the road. And they brought in Jackson Dart, who is going to be a higher-rated quarterback than what Auburn will have coming into the season. So uh, th- there's not a lot of no-brainer victories on this schedule. There's just not. 45 seconds, Steve. Okay, well, uh, I, I'm not buying it. Okay, guys, I'd like to talk more, but I'll bring this up for, for discussion. I'll just let you know, heads up here. This one really, to, to me, uh, makes no sense. SEC officials, this comes from Auburn Undercover, SEC officials to discuss idea of league hosting own college football playoff per Pete Thamel. Have y'all read that? Uh, I have not seen that, no. Uh, apparently, that has been uh, discussed at, during the league's fall meetings in 2021, and uh, apparently they're looking to uh, have their own playoffs. And I'm saying, well, gee, what about the other conferences? They're not going to sit well. I think I said well with them. Uh, we'll have two national championships. Then is that uh, uh, you have to read the entire article? I would like your comments, guys. We'll check it out. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Okay. So with all that said, I'm exhausted. Boy, I just cannot see viewers uh, going uh, six or seven wins if five and a half is uh, our uh, prognostication in. Uh, okay, we're at everything school. So, so that said, guys, thanks for your time. I'm through rambling. I know my time is way up. So until next time, War Eagle, no matter what the prognosticators say about us. War Eagle, Steve, we appreciate the phone call. That's retired War Dam Steve joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401. Justin Ferguson joins us to open up hour number two next on Sports Call. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. 
Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress to open up hour number two of our program. And now joining us in studio, our very good buddy, Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer sits with us here inside our studios. Hello, Ferg. What's up? How are you, sir? I'm all right. How are y'all? We can't complain. Brooks, you doing okay? Yeah. Good first good. hour? Yeah, I think it was a good first hour. We uh, we had a fun first hour for sure. So uh, here we are in the month of May. A lot to discuss in the world of sports. And uh, we'll chat with Justin Ferguson here coming up in just a little bit. We're going to have NBA War uh, a little bit earlier. We had our buddy CJ Holmes back with us now with the San Francisco Chronicle to talk about the Western Conference Finals and uh, a couple of Auburn basketball thoughts for us too. Have you been enjoying the Western Conference Finals, Ferg? Yeah, it's surprising that uh, Golden State's had the kind of games that they've had. Uh, I've had the comebacks that they've had at this point. I mean, Luka's been incredible, but I mean, I think it's just this, this playoffs has kind of felt like a classic Warriors playoffs where it comes down to the fact that it's the depth and the balance of the team that makes such a difference. And I think we're seeing it pretty obviously. Luka Doncic has played some of the best basketball as anybody on the planet uh, recently. Um, but can't do it by himself, especially when you have a Golden State team that has Steph Curry uh, that gets timely great play from Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole. It's been a killer series for Kevon Looney, and there's really no answer Dallas has for that. And um, yeah, and Andrew Wiggins, you know, in a role playing capacity, Andrew Wiggins still reminded everybody why he was the number one overall pick. It's been a lot of fun. I don't think Golden State sweeps him. I just find it hard to believe that Dallas is going to get beat back to back games at home with the way Luke's playing. Um, but, uh, yeah, really, I mean, it's been a, it's been a really fun series uh, for the Warriors, and it's been a whole lot better of a series, uh, even though it is 3-0. It feels like it's been a whole lot better series than the Eastern Conference series, where it's just like everybody take turns of beating the snot out of each other. Uh, yeah. A lot more drama in the in the Western Conference, even though it has gone three games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Heat series, I don't know what's going on with that. Sometimes I've been turning it off at halftime uh, in some of those, like last night. Uh, and I was just going to add, I, I think the point about the depth is, is really what has mattered for Golden State a lot because – you know, when you have the all-star talent that at the top of the roster, when you have Steph Curry, there's going to be some series where he's the best player in the series, and there's going to be some series where he's the second best player in the series, but he's not far off the first best player. So you can be competitive with whatever team at the top as far as, far as that all-star talent is concerned when you add Clay in there and then what Draymond does for your team. But then you add players four, five, six, seven. When Kevon Looney is getting 22 rebounds in a game against Memphis and having a 20-10 and 10 game in Game 2 and another good game in Game 3, and he's your 6th, 7th best player, there's not a lot of teams that have a 6th or 7th best player that can get that out of those guys. And, and so with, with Dallas, it's just like, you know, Andrew Wiggins is proving to be a better player than their 2nd best player. And he's Golden State's 4th. And, and he's in... He's doing a much better job. He's redefining the quote-unquote Harrison Barnes role of the first couple of Warriors teams that were really good because Wiggins can play such good defense and can be so active when he gets to the rim. He provides that element. And he's had career-high three-point shooting numbers of shooting around 40% from three. And so it's like you can get more out of guys like Otto Porter Jr., who will not play tonight for the record, then most teams can get out of their 
fifth best player, fourth best player. And so it's like, yeah, you're not going to really out-talent them at the top, but then also it's not like you're going to have more depth than them either. And, uh, heck, go back to the NBA Finals that they first won in 15. It's like, granted, they shouldn't have. Steph Curry, in my opinion, still should have won Finals MVP. But they gave it to a guy that everyone says your fourth best player coming into the series, and Andre Iguodala. And that's how well he can play in those moments in those spots. So Golden State's just kind of reminding everybody of, okay, yes, the greatness of Curry, yes, the greatness of Thompson, but also they've always done a tremendous job of having role players perfect their roles, and I I feel that's happened again this postseason. Yesterday on the program, we had Eric McDade in with us covering the bases with Eric McDade State Farm. He wanted to talk about the NBA playoffs and everything that's been going on. He wanted to spend some time talking about that Boston Celtics and Miami Heat series and how eventful it has been for a variety of different reasons. And then again last night, as uh, as you said, Ryan, we did not see a competitive basketball game whatsoever. Yeah, no, I, and I like I said, I turned off at halftime. I was like, I sp- I've had a lot of late evenings between watching the Lightning and watching the Warriors, so I'm going to take advantage of the fact that Lightning have just finished a sweep here and the Warriors don't play, and this Heat game is just uh, terrible. One, the first field goal coming about eight or nine minutes, I think nine minutes into the first quarter, uh, and, and it's just been such a, a series of runs because each team has had a 15 or 20-point run or lead at some point. And, um, you know, for a series to be 2-2, you usually think of it as saying, oh, that's a really nice competitive series. Could be going seven games. Yeah, it could be going seven games. And I'm not guaranteeing you one clutch moment in these games. Uh, I guess the game three uh, had it down to the last few minutes, but it still ultimately didn't come down in the last, like, 20 or 30 seconds. Uh, Miami hit a couple shots and uh, Boston had a couple turnovers, I think, towards the end. So it's it's just been weird. And and you've got the availability issue of a lot of these guys yeah. Marcus Smart Robert Williams have been day to day Jimmy Butler randomly just didn't play the second half due to knee swelling and it, it's just been kind of a goofy Eastern Conference Finals these teams are really good I think very highly of Boston what they were able to do uh, granted no Chris Milton from Milwaukee but what they're able to do winning a couple games in Milwaukee that they had to win uh, I think speaks a lot to what they're capable of it's just kind of just been some weird moments in this series series tied 2-2 now it's essentially a three-game series for a chance to go to the nba finals ferg have you learned anything from those four games that kind of help you know what to expect over these next three or is it really just for the heat and yeah i'll, I'll be honest with you i've barely watched any of it because none of the games have been competitive right like i'll just look <laughs> in and it'll be like okay one of them's up by double digits like all right, all right cool like it's weird i think the injuries on either side and just the weird back and forth there has been then it's just you know, it's 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 a series that I'm just I have no idea what to think about it um, because it's like both teams are capable of turning it on and both teams are capable of getting their ass beat out um, and it's so rare. Like this has been a playoffs that has had a lot more blowouts. It feels like than usual, um, but even still, it's like you know what what do either of these teams do if they come across Golden State in the finals? Uh, just because it's like. There's not as much consistency there. Um, meanwhile, you have you know a, a Golden State team presumably going to make it to the finals that hasn't been perfect. And I mean they've they've had they were on the end of the worst blowout of the playoffs so far. Um, but even still, it's just like a lot more consistent. 
uh, style of play, and uh, it's it, it's it's bizarre. It's just been a really bizarre playoff so far. Yeah, and, and another thing I want to point out, I feel like I can bounce everything off of you, for since you're also a Golden State guy, but but something that that I got a lot of frustration with it's the way that that people have kind of looked at things with golden state throughout the postseason so the original stuff was you know because they had some really they had some poor moments against Memphis. i mean you're down 50 something points play game. that's just certifiably terrible and they had moments where they were having a lot of turnover some of the issues uh that have been their imperfections for years but i've always hated what people turn into and say well because of this i don't think they can win the finals or because of this they shouldn't be favored well have you ever stopped to consider what would happen if they stopped doing those things and reverted back to the warriors that we saw pre-kd which was a, a team that shoots an all-time percentage that still gets very easy two-point baskets and dunks around the rim and doesn't, and doesn't turn over 20 times a game yeah and, and so have, it's just like the the angle of looking at things for example one more time in this dallas series there was a game i think it was game two might have been game one uh but it was Dallas started like two uh, I think it was game one Dallas started like two of 22 from three and it's like man if Dallas will just start making these threes but at the same time Golden State was one of 11 yeah so it's like that's literally the same percentage yeah that's literally the same percentage but it's it's chosen to be look at from what this other team can do not what Golden State is capable of so maybe that sounds a little you know, fanish, whatever. But I'm just simply saying that Golden State's potential and their capabilities are really as high as ever. Oh, yeah. It's just people have not, have always looked at it from the other lens of what can the opponent do, not what Golden State can be. Yeah, offensively, Draymond's had a terrible playoffs. I mean, the, the, the rate of turnovers from him has been ridiculous. And, like, Golden State, they're the second most turnovers of anybody in basketball in the regular season. Uh, but when you have that kind of skill and that kind of talent, you can overcome it. Um, it's just, you know, it feels like they've played with fire for so long and that you saw that in the Memphis series where it killed them um, in a couple of games. But, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if they can tighten that up, you know, right. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like you, you don't feel like Golden State's hit their ceiling yet, um, which is cra- kind of crazy to think about because of the four teams still left in, the, in these playoffs, they have been playing the best basketball. Um, so it's, it, it's a wild spot. It's a wild spot to be in. I just know – you can never count the opponent out in a Golden State game because of the turnover bug, and then you can never count the Warriors. I mean, they've come back from from so much in this in this series and in the series beforehand. It's just um, they they get hot real quickly because they have a lot of weapons and they've got some dudes playing at, at all time high in confidence. I don't think Andrew Wiggins has ever played yeah. with this much confidence. Jordan Poole definitely hasn't, and then I think Kevon Looney knows he's about to he's about to get a ton of money uh, here in this offseason for just what he's been able to do in the postseason. We've got a lot to talk about here with Justin Ferguson. I will add that from watching some of these games with Ryan Lavoy, those turnovers are just your biggest bugaboo and uh, can get you pretty animated from time to time with some of the times that they're turning the basketball over. Yeah, well, you know, obviously... If video ever surfaced uh, of you in those moments, it would be entertaining <laughs> for all involved. It's not It's not the fact that it is a turnover, it's the type of turnovers. You know, you can all... Like, it, there's a difference in seeing what the guy was trying to do versus just, like trying to force something into a double team that's just like there's really no purpose of this because like if you're on transition and you're trying to get it up ahead and it's a dead ball turnover that's a much better turnover than you know just kind of dribbling it off your foot to the defender and having them have a two-on-one because of that and you know some of the things that they do are really 
it can be acceptable turnovers, but it's also just like because there is 16, 17, 18 turnovers a lot of time, you're going to have some in there that do drive you up a wall. Let me set you up for one more thing. You are the weatherman for Tiger Communications. Folks are going to hear your report. Smooth transition here by me. Thank you. Uh, we've got an update since our show went on the year at 3 o'clock Central Time. Tonight's Auburn baseball game versus Kentucky will not be played. They will not play that game tonight in Hoover. Too many rain delays and a wise decision by the SEC to go ahead and just make the call. No thought at all of playing Auburn and Kentucky in the SEC tournament from Hoover tonight at the SEC tournament, Ryan. Yeah, it, it would have started around 11 p.m., best-case scenario. I mean, we could realistically be talking about starting after midnight with the moraine that I think may or may not be hitting in Hoover right now. I think it's caused another delay for Florida uh, in the second game of the day. And I think the interesting thing is what Kendall Rogers was tweeting about and not something I thought was on the table um but that they could just make this single elimination uh right now today is to be clear right but tomorrow starts was supposed to be a double elimination part of the tournament the rest of the tournament would be two losses that's why auburn was really trying to hang on to that four c that they ultimately lost to lsu but they can just scrap it and say hey everything's single elimination because there's a very high probability of rain uh, throughout the state tomorrow and Thursday, so uh, it's going to be it's going to be chaos for the grounds crew at the no very doubt. least. Try and uh, get the fields ready and tarp it and re-untarp it, and uh, it's going to be very hard to get everything in on time. Let's take our first commercial break of the hour here on Sports Call. This is WTGZ Tiger ninety five point nine FM. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Like us on Facebook at SportsCallAU. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observers here with us in the house as well. And Brooks, we put up a uh, fun project on Twitter earlier today that uh, I would like for us to comment on now. Yeah, it, uh, you could call it a project. More of a... Uh, I don't know what else to call discussion it. Discussion question. A prompt. Yeah. A prompt. prompt. Discussion, discussion is good. You're writing an essay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go through it for us, Brooks. We've done it once before, but let's uh, let's start to fill this out. So on our Twitter, at SportsCallAU, you can fill it out yourself. We've got a few replies. We've gone a few over a few of those. But it, we put out, pick a former Auburn men's basketball player for each of the following question. And you must pick a different player for each. Okay. Does not we did not put any parameters on it? What type? What time period it was? Some people have chosen uh, C.J. Holmes did it on air a little bit ago. He chose to go end of the Tony Barbie era into the Bruce Pearl era where he played. Mm-hmm. And so the the questions were: Who would you want to get a bucket, get a defensive stop, make a three, get a rebound, make two free throws, or go for thirty points in a game? And you can only use one player once. No repeats. Who's ready for this? Are you ready, Ryan? 
Oh, yeah. Been thinking about it for a while. What was the most difficult one for you? Um, it's more about getting the right guys for like the three point and the 30 point. Right. Um, because some of these guys are interchangeable. Like you could put Jabari with the 30 points. You could put him with getting a bucket. You right. could put, by the way, he's a really good three point shooter. You could put him with the three point. There's obviously other guys. So it's kind of like picking which one maybe the other guys wouldn't fill out as well when you have someone like Jabari that can do it all. So, uh, yeah, the rebounding was not too difficult. I think that's the easiest one for me. And, yeah, some of the scoring ones, though, can have a lot of overlap. Brooks, how are you feeling? Um, like I said earlier, it, it you it got a little some of your some of the names popped into your mind, and then you see other people's comments, and you start to think about, man, that was a really good pick for that one, and then you start to rethink some of your your thoughts. So I've had a few switches in in some of my thought processing. Ryan, I want you to go. Go ahead. All right. Uh, so let me go in order. Let me pull this back up. The first one. I'm trying to get a bucket, Mr. Ryan LaVoy. I'm trying to get a bucket. That's where I put Jabari Smith at because yeah. my reasoning is that he can make the toughest shots. And so if it's a late game situation, whatever, he's a three-level scorer. So if he need, if I need him to get the rim, he can get to the rim. If he needs, He's obviously great at the mid-range, and he's a good three-point shooter. So I trust him at any level against any defense with his length to rise up, get a bucket. Uh, defensive stop, I feel, is pretty easy. Uh, I'm going – or at least – now, maybe there's someone – let me preface it. I say easy. Someone's going to say, oh, there's 80s or 90s player. I'm thinking more modern day for most of these. Isaac Okoro. That's yeah. that's his niche. That's what he's really good at in the league. He plays 35 minutes a game in the NBA, not because he's developed into a 20-point scorer, but because he can play uh, good defense. C.J. So, Holmes went with Walker Kessler to remind right. people as well, the reigning defensive player of the year in the sure. SEC. Um, Either one of those. Good choice. Make a three um, was, like I said, one of the more difficult ones. I ultimately went Bryce Brown. Yep. That's be- the right answer. <laughs> because <laughs> I feel like at any game-changing moment, Brown's the one that could hit yep. the biggest, most important three. Not that Harper c- couldn't yep. or, or hit a lot third, of them. Third all-time in, in three-point percentage at Auburn. You know, second in SEC. And shot a lot of them. Yeah. So. Uh, but I think the big thing for him is, like you were alluding to, not only a catch-and-shoot guy, but a guy who could also create his own shot right. at, at the two-guard spot. Uh, rebound, I went Charles Barkley. Uh, round okay. mount a rebound feels like a good <laughs> uh, thing for that. Average about 10 a game uh, in his college days. This is the first mm-hmm. one where I would probably differ from you. And like, I, it's not because it's not Barkley. Mm-hmm. I just didn't watch Barkley play at Auburn, so I don't feel like super. Sure. You know, I, I try to, in my mind, I'm like trying to stick at people like I cover. So like it, it makes Barkley obviously is a perfect answer here. Um, I don't know how much love this one's going to get uh, from other people, but if you want to talk about a dude who would just get a board when you needed it uh, and did it at a high, at a high high rate, um, especially in the Pearl era, Austin Wiley. It's it's hard to slow that dude down. He's built like a house and he's six <laughs> ten, and it's one of those things like you've seen like Barkley. You know, Barkley, a little undersized, or a lot undersized yeah. for, for his position. You know, you've had, like, Simeon Bowers, and you've had the Sean Murray, these really, really good rebounders for Auburn over the years. They're kind of undersized. It's like Wiley, man. Like, if you just need a re- – I, I like Wiley against almost anybody to get the, <laughs> to get a rebound. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously Barkley, you know, made a Hall of Fame career out, out of doing that. He'd like, you know, like so many others. I changed one thing from lunch, JJ. Okay. And it's going to pertain to the 30 points. So, I changed my 30-pointer. For the record, it was KT Harrell because I said that's that's, a, that's the one that's a really good one. That's a guy that's on any defense. He didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of help on his teams. 
Uh, but I'm putting him now. I personally watched him score 30 points right. plenty of times, including on my high school team. So. Um, so I changed that one, and because I changed that one, I did have Harper for the free throws, and now I have KT Harrell for the free uh, okay. throws. And uh, I, I, I don't know the Jared, percentages. Uh, Jared, would be, my, Jared okay. would be my pick for free throws. I don't know the percentages. They're probably very close. Um, and so the 30-point game now is Chuck Person. And again, that's a, a, yeah, a guy, a good, yeah, uh, you know, not from this era, but obviously Phil it up when he did Jared play. by the way uh third all time in, th- in free throw percentage all right so unless KT's one or two he's not not yeah. there well, number one John Mangal number two Eddie Johnson so. okay I don't know well let's see I mean but you have to shoot so many to qualify as well for these for these mm-hmm. rankings and and Harper was was 79% free throw shooter in his career what did you say for uh 30 points for a cow KT, you- KT's a great answer um uh, he his career at Auburn one of the highest in scoring pure scoring. I, I got to go off of guys that I got watched sure. and, and and you know so that would probably be a pick if I had to do somebody that I covered like again that's where Jabari probably is your pick and then you start to kind of kind of go off from there um, yeah it's it's tough I, if you want a wild card pick I tell you if you just say hey man we're gonna need you to carry us we're gonna need you to score a lot. Uh, Mustafa Heron would have been a great pick here. Um, a, a guy kind of like KT, very similar in the fact that can score in a variety of ways and was not afraid to take charge. Uh, he had kind of that alpha mentality, especially uh, on that first title team for Auburn. So did defensive stop come down to a Coro versus Kessler for you? And, and for me, it's it's you can you can't go wrong with either one. I think I, I can make a great argument for the Coro, and then I then I sit there and think it's like with Kessler. My only thing with Kessler is that it depends on who you're you, – if you have him switched on a point guard, maybe a guy can get a step on him, but he can recover so well. It's like that. Okoro, it's like one through five, you just feel like, yep, got it. <laughs> and he can – and that's a stop. We aren't saying a block. We aren't necessarily saying a steal. If it's a block, obviously it's Kessler. Right. But, like, like Okoro is just like he is going to clamp you. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's a that's an easy one, easy one for me. So if we had – this is what I'm thinking about now, too, for that defensive stop. If you go to Auburn's Final Four team mm-hmm. and before, then that takes away Isaac Okoro and Walker Kessler. What would be the answer there? Because um, we were even yeah. mentioning Bryce Brown's Because I was saying, like, senior year Bryce Brown Bryce, was really yeah, good. Really he'd going? be taking it. Uh, Chuma. Chuma was, oh, Chuma yeah. was Chuma a Kiki. menace on defense, uh, that Final Four run, uh, so because he, of his versatility. That's Are, good. Were you, saying, were you saying that you can have the Final Four team? Or yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, Pearl Air, I would also throw in Anthony McLemore, a guy who was very quick on his feet and obviously an, an elite rim protector. Uh, really good, agile, athletic uh, big man. I would love watching much, his numbers would, with the block shots because he it was would, up there. He was very much like Kessler. Obviously, Kessler had like almost half a foot on him, um, <laughs> so that helped out a ton. But yeah, you know, Anthony's, Anthony's block, uh, block numbers uh, are, are yep. ridiculous for a guy who was not necessarily a big guy. But he's kind of at that size where, and that that athleticism, especially pre-injury, where you just feel really good about the way he can move. Brooks, yeah. your turn. You've got to fill this out for us. All right. Well, uh, I was looking through some of the the all-time stats leaders for Auburn because I've I was continued to. Uh, he's going to make this the all-time edition. I just continue. <laughs> Is that what you're going for? I, well, yeah, but I'm going to do a more twist on guy. I'm going to do some all-time, but also I'm going to give a little bit more lean to guys I actually watched. Uh, but you know, I'll, I'll throw some of the bigger names in there from Auburn basketball. Get a bucket. Uh, I'm going to go. I, I think someone already did this in our. Uh, uh, responded to us on Twitter, but Chuck Person, 
Um, he led the, led in uh, field goals for what three different seasons for the Tigers. He's all, he's on the list for all time field goals three different times for the Tigers. So I, I'm going to go Chuck Person there um, for defensive stop. I, I gotta go with Okoro. I, I th- I'm, I'm on the same boat. I think Okoro, like you said, Ryan, he's in the NBA, not playing that many minutes for Cleveland, not because he can score that much. He's he's getting in there and getting defensive stops against some elite guys uh, on that level. Uh, make a three, Bryce Brown. He just it shot the you know when he was hot, he would just shoot the lights out of Auburn Arena and anywhere that that he was playing. Um, Get a rebound. This one, I'm gonna I'm gonna differ a little bit. I'm gonna go Simeon Bowers. Simeon Bowers could grab some rebounds. He is top. He's number two in all-time offensive rebounds in a single season, and he's number one in defensive rebounds in a single season for the Tigers. People might forget that because of what would ensue once he brought the ball up <laughs> after right. getting the rebound. Most exciting player in Auburn basketball history. <laughs> but uh, Simeon, he could get those rebounds, though. Simeon for my for my rebounds. Make two free throws. Um, I thought about this one. I'm going to go Chris Denson. I really like Chris Denson at the line. Um, and then I tell you, I tell you one thing. Wendell's getting up there. Wendell's getting up there at that point. If he has another season like he did this last year as a free throw shooter, it's just like, yeah. When he stepped to the line last year, and he doesn't go a ton, but when he did, you're just like, man, that's that's going in. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And then what was the last 30 one? Thirty points per game. Um. I'm gonna go back. Chuck Person. Yeah, Chuck. I'm gonna so Chuck's. Well, I can't did go back. Use, I, can't, I, can't, I can't go back twice. Did you use Wes? Um, I didn't use Wes. Um, what did you use Chuck for? Uh, the t- uh, get, get, a get a bucket. Um, Jabari. I should so go why Jabari. Can you go, yeah, if I should go. Jabari, I'm gonna go Jabari. Yeah, if you haven't gone Jabari, go Jabari. Yet, that's the one. Yeah. So well done. Proud of you, man. I almost broke my own the, the rules <laughs> for Twitter, and you gave the rules out yeah. for folks to listen to, and here you are breaking them. Yeah. The, the thing with, the thing with Bryce's threes. Going back to Bryce for a moment. Is I'll still never forget. This is a game Auburn lost. This is how memorable this was. It was the Tyler Hero uh, Kentucky team. And Bryce hit. In Auburn Arena. And Bryce hit a couple just tough second half threes. And the arena, the top was just starting to come off. If, if Hero misses any shot, Auburn probably wins that game. And Auburn still had a chance. I think Harper missed, Jared Harper missed a layup to try and take a lead. I remember or, that. Or win it late. Uh, but Bryce was just money that game and had a huge second half and Auburn just fell short but that was one of the most entertaining losses I can remember because Auburn was just not playing well until Bryce started to get loose for a few second half threes let's go ahead and take our next break here on today's show when we come back we get set up for NBA war another edition of NBA war coming your way straight ahead next here on sports call the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. 
right, welcome back in. Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer is here hanging out with us. Appreciate Ferg for stopping by on Tuesdays, as he does, to be on our program. What you got going on this week at the Auburn Observer, Ferg? Well, I'm, I'm done. This is the last thing I got to do before I go on vacation. Heck yeah. Um, so tomorrow there's a newsletter out on Zach Calzada. Um, today did a uh, newsletter on all the stuff Bruce Pearl talked to us about in Lake Martin yesterday. A lot of info. People have been asking about, what are they going to do with the last scholarship? What about scheduling? What about Alan Flanagan? Some other stuff. Uh, talked Chance Westry about uh, about him, about Chance Westry to him um, yesterday. So got that as a newsletter. And then, um, yeah, later this week, Painter takes the ship. Um, we've got a podcast, the Thursday podcast. He's got two special guests joining him for that one he's doing the mailbag on friday early next week he's got another guest that's going to do sit in for me for the podcast on sometime over the weekend and then um before i come back so like next tuesday's my is the last day i'm I'm gone and um we're gonna have a a contributed piece first time i think i've done that um where uh really cool little feature story uh by uh by somebody uh here in auburn uh about the transfer portal and okay. some stuff that i learned about the transfer portal in there and some insight in there that i i wasn't even aware of um so i think auburn fans would really enjoy that one as well are you nervous for painter to take over the show no no uh, a, he's done this before he was made for this moment he's done this before <laughs> um this is the most i've asked him to do at once um which is you know uh, he's a he's a trooper um but uh yeah two podcasts usually it'll just be like hey i need you to do one or hey i need you to do the mailbag or something like that so to get two podcasts and the mailbag out um it's all gonna be him but i i, I know for a fact people are gonna have fun with the podcast at least at least one of them uh, the other one i think is gonna be just really a really good quality one um but uh yeah the the thursday podcast the thursday morning podcast you're you're gonna be uh i think people are gonna be entertained by who who's on with him and uh what they talk about i can't wait i'm excited i'm ready to figure out who that is so be on the lookout for that at the auburn observer all right let's jump into nba war here today on tuesday may 24th 2022 i'm taking on justin ferguson this is happening you're going to be the judge, Ryan. And Brooks, you're going to host us as we go through this. All right. I'm ready. I need, Are you guys I ready? Need, I like actually need cards, though. Would that help? Yeah, no, help. you just have to think about players. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, then I'll win, then. Forget <laughs> <laughs> um, about my shot. Ferg and I are going to open our packs of cards. Don Brooks, why don't you set us up? Well, as you know, every single time we play this, we're going to give you five superlatives. Everyone opens their packs of cards, looks through them, and you have to pick the best match. And our judge, Ryan Lavoy, JJ seems excited, but that could mean literally nothing. He can get excited. He may have gotten LeBron card and just yeah, he could have got LeBron and Lamelo, or he could have gotten just an average player and be <laughs> hyping it up right now. And so we, like I said, we'll give you five categories. The both the uh, both contestants have the categories in front of them, and so they know what they are. But before we get going, I will give That's you a really the. Short print. I will give you the uh, categories that we will be playing with today. Today's categories include best dressed, most likely to be the life of the party, most likely to be a motivational speaker, most likely to be obsessed with hunting, and most likely to win an ESPY award for a sports blooper. So those are the five categories. If anyone has J.R. Smith, uh, <laughs> J.R. Smith would be the correct answer to that one. I've never played. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't play any variation of NFL War. 
I've talked a lot of smack about my ability to play this game. Yep. I'm looking at these cards, and I don't know how to do this. I'm just glad I that <laughs> I don't know how to do this. Well, I'm Ferg nervous. does, so you're going to learn today. I gotta say, I'm just glad that you didn't put me against Ferg, because I think we've played two or three times with NFL Wars, and he's kicked my butt every single time. It hasn't even been close. I'm going for a sweep. Today. I don't think he's ever lost. That's my, you know, I haven't. Yeah, okay. All right, let's see, if, uh, let's see if I can pull this off. There are going to be some of these that I'm going to have to go first. Yeah. That's how that works. I, I, just, I genuinely don't know where to start, but um, we're going to have to go for it. All right. Are you ready? Well, you Fert got goes be. first. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I'm the winner. You go first. Oh, oh no. I like that. It's like right. golf. You ready? You go first. Mr. Jackson? <laughs> well, it's actually the opposite of playing golf. Yeah. All right. So the first category is best dressed. Okay. You are presenting to Mr. Ryan Lavoy as our judge. Best dressed. That's right. Um, I'm going to present the one, the only Evan Fournier mm. of the New York Knicks. European has a sense of style. They take style very seriously in that part of the world. And uh, also you know playing from? in New York. In New York, that's the fashion capital. A lot of people love fashion in that's New York. And, and yeah. I'm blanking on where Fournier is from, specifically in Europe, but somewhere over there. Yeah, I think if you remembered, you probably would, it would probably help. <laughs> It'll help my argument yeah, a little bit better. Okay, that's a really good one. That's good. That's a that's a tough one to beat right out of the gate. So, I think if you're looking at somebody who's best dressed, you're going with somebody who. Um, just, I think this guy has has been known for his style, his pre pregame looks. But I'm going back to the fact that, um, it, you know. When you best dress, you're, you're obsessed with your image, and you want to be around people, or at least to have been in the past with people who are obsessed with their image as well, who are going to be big into modeling and fashion and stuff like that. And that's why I'm going with Tristan Thompson. God, Think good. about it. That's uh, really Tristan, good. Tristan Thompson. Oh, no. Um, mm. uh, for, for, his, for his past connections uh, <laughs> is, is my pick for it. But Fournier's French. He's French. There you go. He He's finally French. figured it out. He is French. That's great. European. Um, so Thompson has been around Kardashians. I was going to say um, Fournier versus Thompson for best dressed. Um, yeah, the sweep is in play. One oh. Ferg. <laughs> to be fair, the sweep would be play for anybody after one round. All uh, right, round the Ferg. So uh, round one goes to Justin. Mm-hmm. Not surprising. So we move on. Justin's first this time. The yep. next category most likely to be the life of the party. I think this guy. <laughs> I think this guy has one of the best personalities in basketball. Um, very, very known for his his uh, uh, very known for his his style on Twitter. Um, but just a guy that is very expressive, loves to have fun, plays at a really, really high level. Took an entire city and put him on his back. You know, it's 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 a you know em, embraced an entire era, and uh, that's why I've got uh, the big man JoJo Joel Embiid as uh, as life of the party. It's hard it's hard to beat it's hard to beat a dude like that, and he is gigantic and with a great personality. He's 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 gonna walk into a room and light it up. <laughs> it's like legitimately impossible to sweep this game. It really is. I don't know that it's ever happened before, <clears throat> but he might be off to a great start. Um, look, my pack of cards is. So so great that of my eight cards, I have two number one overall picks. There you go. Okay, and that matters. Uh-huh. That matters here. And so the most likely to be the life of the party, I'm going to go with this guy. I'm going to go with the Orlando Magic's own Markel Fultz, and here's why. He's certainly not playing on the basketball floor. 
The guy's always hurt. He's got time to be the life of the party. He's well-connected. His Washington days, a lot of Seattle hoopers are there. He's got a lot of connections. He's going to put a good party together. He's going to be the life of it. And he's got nothing else to do because he doesn't play basketball these days. Uh, I'm going with Markel Fultz. You had potential there because I thought Ferg's was decent. Ferg is going to get the point here, folks, um, people. Uh, like you can't be the life of the party if you're not invited to the party, and I don't think many people are inviting Markel Fultz to a party right now. That's a good point. Uh, unless it's just oh, a draft day party. So, wow. Uh, Embiid and Ferg are the winner. Two zero. Wow. Up two zero in a best of five. Well, not best of five. Well, I guess it is best of five. Yes, it is. So. But we're gonna play all five. Yep. All right. So Justin up two zero. Back to JJ to start things off with most likely to be a motivational speaker. <laughs> <laughs> who do you want to hear life advice from in a high school gym? This is this is who we're going with right here, okay? I mentioned the fact that my pack was so elite that I had two number one overall picks. I gave you a banger a moment ago in Markel Fultz. Felt, felt strong. I'm yeah. going to give another one here in Golden State Warriors own Andrew Wiggins. And he's going to be a great motivational speaker, and here's why. Never give up, folks. You're the number one overall pick. Your life seems destined to have you going to Cleveland to play for the Cavaliers. LeBron wants Kevin Love. He doesn't want you. He doesn't want the number one pick. Nobody wants you. You go to Minnesota. It doesn't look like things are going to be great. People are calling you a bust. You got to keep grinding each and every day. All of a sudden, you find yourself traded to the Golden State Warriors, teaming up with the greatest trio in modern-day basketball history and Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green, and you're on a verge of going to your first-ever NBA Finals. You represent Canada as one of their faces for basketball. You have a lot of reason to be a motivational speaker. That's why I'm going with Andrew Wiggins. Boom! I'll take my point, sir. Wow. Here's the problem with Andrew Wiggins is that pick. Andrew Wiggins is not a very talkative guy. He's pretty soft-spoken. If you ever listen to interviews with him, he's not necessarily a guy that would you think would project. Instead, I'm going to go with one of his teammates um and this guy and this guy's this this is easy this is easy to 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 go with here um look dude was not uh dude was not highly recruited coming out coming out of uh, high school um goes the mid-major route um becomes uh, i mean how do i do this how does this happen to me becomes a national star even though he even though he's undersized he becomes one of the best to ever play the game Definitely the best shooter to ever play of all time. It's Stephen Curry, <laughs> who literally does motivational speaking, like as part of like he goes to schools and he, you know, you know. So this one's easy. Also, always in front of the media, always speaking, way better than Wiggins. JJ, I yeah. want you to know that was a damn good, damn part. good effort. Was- I love Wigs. Oh, and, I love him too. And, and there is motivation in. You know, everyone calling story. you a bust yep. and people saying that there's there's people, Nick Wright, that said the Warriors <laughs> were done because they traded for Andrew Wiggins. And that's a hell of a motivational story to say Andrew Wiggins matters a lot to this team and is part of the reason why they're going to the NBA Finals with one more win. But my favorite player in the world is Wardell Stephen Curry. Um, and uh, he was said to be too small, and he did come from a small school. And uh, favorite player aside, there is a lot of motivational value in that. And also, as Ferg points out, I don't know if Wiggins really wants to be a professional. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have guaranteed a Ferg victory. It's 3-0. to zero.
I already put uh, Ferg's point before <laughs> yeah. you even stop talking. <laughs> Sharpie. I, I was interested. <laughs> these last two are going to be. These last two are going to be tough. I, I say I want to go for. So I feel decent about one of them. I don't feel great about the last. Or the, yeah, you locked up a dub. Yeah, though, I got, so. I got it. But I'm, I'm going for the sweep. So Ferg has locked up the dub. I was interested to see which way y'all were going to go because in theory you could have used the Markel Fultz one here because you could say he's going to be out of the league very soon and then he's going to start <laughs> his motivational speaking career. <laughs> Brooks but, is doing this for you, JJ. It's still wasn't a one because of Curry. I might but. need some help. But we, pro- we, uh, I genuinely don't know where to go with this next one, and okay, I'm going to have good. to go first. So, so I don't know where to go. The next one is well, Justin's going first, going this, first time. this time. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. It's Justin's turn to go first. The next category is most likely to be obsessed with hunting. Who is most likely yeah, to be obsessed with hunting? It's tough because I mean, you know, don't want to don't want to get too too involved in, in stereotypes and whatnot. But like, it would be hard to see a lot of NBA players. It just is not. Uh, you play during hunting season, like it's just you know, and, and it's culturally just a a tough fit for a lot of guys who you know didn't grow up around it, right? right? Um, so I had to get a little bit creative with this one. I have no idea um, if, if this if this works, but um, I'm gonna go with this play. This guy's from a small town in North Carolina, so already kind of kind of in hunting territory. Played his college ball in, at Florida State, which if you've ever been to Tallahassee, Florida, is really not a whole lot a lot to do in the Panhandle, South Georgia, South Alabama. Someone who used to live there, um, and so. I'm thinking culturally, this guy's probably had probably had more of uh, exposure to hunting than the other guys in my pack. That's why I'm going with. And also, this dude, um, if you ever watch him play, he is really like decisive, and I feel like he'd be quick on the trigger. Uh, I'm going to go with Patrick Williams, uh, the Bulls forward. Play it was a lottery pick out of out of Florida State a, a few years back. But yeah, Southern guy played at Florida State. Uh, makes like Chicago a little tougher to do hunt, hunting in Chicago <laughs> as a bull, but um, you know I'm, I'm I'm going with that one because honestly the rest of my picks would have been even tougher to try to sell you on. A Charlotte, North Carolina native, I, I and Patrick Williams. I didn't know. I don't know what to do here. Okay. All right, I'll take the point. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna give it my best effort. Most likely to be obsessed with hunting. I'm gonna take another young player in the league. I'm actually gonna take a first-time All-Star this season in the Cleveland Cavaliers' new point guard, Darius Garland, out of Vanderbilt. And what are you doing? No, let, let, this let, was so gettable. Let, let him keep going. What I are you doing? I want to hear the justification here. Keep going. Vanderbilt. Hunting school. And, and <laughs> no, and, point to fur. In Cleveland, you know. No, say, I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's not as much to do. And oh, so I want. I don't want you to get swept, but that's just a horrible <laughs> private school kid from yeah, Nashville. Yeah, went to Vanderbilt yeah. and a hunter. Well, you could turn, what are you doing? You could turn it around. Private school kid from Nashville. He went hunting with the men back on the on the country club. Oh, uh, <laughs> you could do that. That's a more of the most dangerous game. Yeah. yeah. When we finish, I would like for you to go I, through the stack and see what right. would have been better. I'm going to get this last point. Okay. I just am. Okay. All right. Um. So point to Ferg. On yeah. That point for it's right. four zero. Sorry, right. you have to lead off here. Okay, yeah, next, you do have to are, lead off. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, yeah. final final one. Going for JJ not getting swept today. <laughs> Who is most likely to win an ESPY award for a sports blooper? You know, I, I think I'm making this a point with the question being a sports blooper. And when you think about this player, silly can be a word that comes to mind watching them run around and the way their body 
uh, can kind of move out there, spazzy, so to speak, is a good three-point shooter, plays for the Atlanta Hawks, and for a sports blooper, I'm thinking of one in particular this season where Trey Young is so elite at advancing the ball up the court that you truly do need to have the eyes in the back of your head. And Bogdan Bogdanovich made a blooper this season, falling down and getting hit in the head by a Trey Young pass. There's a clip out there on the internet where this guy slipped up. He's wide open. Trey Young wants to throw him the basketball. And doink! Bogdan Bogdanovich got hit in the side of the head. All right. I, Bogdan Bogdanovich is a silly player? I'm not you know going to call any Eastern European face. dude. Look at that face. I mean, look I, at that face. No, he's just from Eastern Europe. I think. Look at that he, face. Silly. I don't think he's overly silly. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, they, but that, that yeah. The, the, the fact that you could pull a, an actual example may save you from being swept. <laughs> um, there's, he it, said, "May save you." Yeah. I'm still nervous. Here's the thing. Sports. Be blooper, honest here. Blooper, if I deserve to be swept, you tell I'm me. I'm a sweet. And I know you, you will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sports bloopers. When you talk about sports bloopers, you usually are going with teams that are bad. You know, they're not top ten. Your stuff like that. Like. You're usually going to find teams. You're usually going to find teams and players that that have come on some tough times. Um, I would argue that there is no other team in the NBA that is in more of a desolate situation over the last decade than this team right here. This is also a young player. Also, throw it in here, a big man, big man. Trip a little bit easier. You know, you think about like all the the Shaq and a fool segments. Uh, yeah, a lot of big men in those. Um, so, no disrespect to this guy in particular, but the team he plays for, the size that he is, it's so it's just cursed. I could just see a lot bad things happening in front of no fans this is isaiah stewart of the detroit pistons it's just really tough just to like get anything going for uh if you're if you're a piston but you have an actual example which is pretty good to, pretty good to have in, in in this case but yeah i'm just there's saying there's a clip be- here there's bogdanovich falling down <laughs> i do remember that clip. yeah yeah i don't say yeah that's gonna prevent the sweep but <sighs> you see here's the thing I didn't have a good uh, you, argument, uh, though, other you, than that was also, in my head. You also have to think about it. It's Look at it, Bruce. He's getting hit in the head. Is it SP It's got to be an SP worthy Well, award. okay, but but still, you're still... A, a, a blooper's a blooper. You're still making it the biggest yeah. blooper, because e- either one's got to have a, a better chance of having a blooper. So here's the thing, because this is for blooper. When I when I you said the Pistons, I was like, okay, or not the Pistons, but when you said a bad team, like that makes a lot of sense. Here's the issue with Isaiah Stewart. He tried to kill a person yes, on a basketball court this year, and he did. it was decidedly not. I mean, like it was fascinating, but it was not a blooper to see he was trying to murder yeah. a person yeah, on live TV. It was gonna be rough. I will go point to JJ here. Yeah. It, it was not convincing. <laughs> I was looking for someone to say like Javale McGee. I had, I had yeah. I had Nikhil Alexander Walker, Dayron Sharp, Will Barton, and yeah, that was that was it. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. like Stewart it was, was like, I'd pick yeah. a guy for on the worst team. I do want a rematch at some point. Mm. We'll have to oh, set yeah. that up. Oh, you so wanna, close. Do you yeah. want to get five zero then? Right. <laughs> <laughs> who, who who else did you, who else did uh, okay, but, Berg just said who yeah. he had. Well, who do you I, have? I had three guys that like I couldn't think of anything. Yeah. Okay, you're frustrated about most likely to be obsessed with hunting and right. choosing Darius Garland. Okay, yeah, right, right. Yeah, it was not good. Okay, and then here are my other options. All right, okay. two of these guys I really love. Okay. 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 Karis Levert. Okay. Yeah, that's tough. Don't know how to make that work with right. hunting. Mm-hmm. Cues, yeah. Taylor Horton Tucker. Love that guy. Uh-huh. Laker. Long arms. Mm. Yeah, yeah that's not great. Don't know how to make that work. 
And then I didn't even use this guy, which the odds of me using this when, you know, if people said J.J. Jackson has a Duke player in his pack, he's going to use it. Right. You would have said absolutely. Right. But R.J. Barrett was not used by yours truly. I just didn't know where to fit him in. Yeah, it's really, yeah. It's just, I will say this. Not that these are better uh, or or, or quote good. Didn't Taylor play at Iowa State? He did. Yeah. That would have been mine, I, just middle of nowhere, right. Heartland. Just based off the college, mm-hmm. the fact that someone from Vanderbilt was used. That was mainly yeah. the thing. Like, you couldn't have played a Duke guy Right, either. you could not have done that, so that would have been equally bad. Garrison um, wouldn't have been a good one either. You could have made, made the sense. argument to use Bogdanovich in that one, since he's Serbian, he's mm. Eastern European. So at the time, you still had him, but you got a point out of him, so... I, I see your dilemma. I'm I'm just making fun you of the lost, fact that someone from <laughs> I'm just making fun of the fact that a Vanderbilt guy hunting. If you had gone, if you had said what we and me and Brooks were thinking about being like elitist hunting, yeah, you could have played off that way because it just says obsessed with hunting. What kind of hunting? I don't know. You know, a lot of these superlatives. I thought about Steph for that one as well, like shooter. Yeah, yeah but then <laughs> hunting a shot, yeah. hunting a shot. Yeah, mo- motivational speaker was was too easy. A lot of these superlatives. In fact, all of them so far, we've just carried over from the NFL war games that we would play, and so quarterbacks would be pretty good that you would find in the hunting category just fitting personality or baseball players I think would you know like Austin Riley that guy is obsessed with actually hunting like if I had a Austin Riley card that would win I don't know how to you know, but that again, was tough. you could I, I made a good argument. The, That's what M- NBA war is. It's making like, good arguments. But well, yeah, but you could also pose it at like if you're talking about football for hunting, if you don't have someone that you think <clears> actually hunts, do a hard hitting linebacker or safety. That's like head hunting. Yep. For example, it's a different kind of hunting. But True. like, I don't want to be hit by Ray Lewis. I don't want to see Ray Lewis. Probably. Anyway, uh, <laughs> violent. I had but. a Markel Fultz <laughs> card though. You know, like I, I mean. I d- Again, you could have used him as two a number one speaker. overall picks. <laughs> Pretty good yeah, stuff. Yeah, let's for me. be clear. You weren't you weren't winning any of the other ones. <laughs> if you I mean, use I, I, Wiggins I, I, better, like what best dressed life Wiggins of the party better. motivational speaker. I blew you out on, on all. Of what this. was your best dressed again? Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. Yeah, Forty was a Forty was a good pick. Thank like, you. Like you could have said, it just wasn't it, as good as mine. It wouldn't have beaten Thompson to be fair, but you would have been really competitive with Wiggins there too because you could have said he was best dressed because when he was the number one overall mm-hmm. pick, you got to look really clean. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, that would have been like, a bad one. Like, but Thompson just suit. has a cultural. Yeah. I did a good job. I did a good job with uh, Wiggins as a motivational speaker. It was, it was okay. Just, I wouldn't say a great job. Are you serious? It, it, it was good. Don't from the give stand- up. It was good from the standpoint of I made his don't give for up him. and get traded. But, and all but, that. but it personality, personality-wise, yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't click. It wasn't bad. I'm just saying it didn't win. It wasn't so great. you still have never lost. And I'm not going to. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, it, like if I ever lose, it's going to be because. Y'all cheated. Has there been like, it would be a conspiracy? To get I was to pretty close. No, yeah. though. You, yes. <coughs> By far, Ryan has been the most competitive one. Yeah. I think I had. A, I think I had a really good game with Trevon one time. Probably. Yeah. Probably. But no. Yeah. Have you competed in any of our silly games other than NFL War, or NBA War? Yeah, y'all. Uh, y'all made me do the. Uh, y'all made me do the geography stuff a couple times. That's right. I blew you out on that. Yeah. The map of the counties. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I had to do that, and I had to do that growing up. So, I, and you I, won some of that, that too. Some of that kind of retained. I, I would say, oh, you know, map of North Carolina counties, but JJ don't want those either. So, <laughs> <laughs> the tough one is if you ever try to do a map of Georgia counties because oh. there's seven hundred and eighty-five million Georgia counties. <laughs> <laughs> He's been here for town name Tuesday too. 
Done that before. And he's that won. one was just that one was that just more of like a, a random ball. like yeah. you know you know just luck of the draw kind of stuff. Like? Yeah. Maybe you've been to one accidentally. Maybe yeah. You, maybe you know someone yeah. that knows of it. Well, thank you for being here. Yeah, absolutely. We hope that you greatly enjoy your vacation. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. We're looking forward to the Auburn Observer Takeover. Mm-hmm. And follow Justin on Twitter at JFergusonAU. Yep. So we won't see you next week. Yeah, I won't be here next week. I'll be recovering. I, I don't want to say, <laughs> I don't want to give you a phone call next week either, if, just to let no, you recover. I, so, I, so I'm so inside baseball, I'm, I'm taking a red-eye flight out on Monday night, and I'm getting it back to Atlanta, like, morning time and Atlanta time. Um, so, yeah, I will probably be spending Tuesday recovering. So okay, so how about we just plan out. on and I won't, I won't know anything because I hadn't all and had to have done anything like for the last week. So right. I well, we be... never know anything, yeah. and we still turn the microphones on. <laughs> That's true. But <laughs> That's people pay you to know things. Yeah. So, well. all right. Well, a couple of weeks we'll reunite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll be back. That'll be awesome. Ferg, thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Uh, we finished the second hour of our show. We've got one left to go. We get to that after this break. You're listening to the Abbey Award-winning sports talk show. This is Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. hours of sports call are finished don't touch that radio dial we've got one more hour to go whether you're leaving work cruising around town or listening on demand we've still got some fun left for you to be part of the show give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9 Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson, Ryan LaVoy, and Brooks Childress on the program here today. We hope that you are doing well on this Tuesday. Our thanks again to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer for stopping by to join us on the program. Uh, Brooks, we just played NBA War. Yeah, well, some of us did. Some of us others participated other ways. Was I? Did you I play? Just in other oh, okay, ways. Okay, okay. I didn't win. You didn't win. You can go back and listen to our epic battle on the Sports Call podcast. Thanks for judging today, Ryan. Yeah, uh, I we really didn't have many tough ones. Uh, I would say, the, <laughs> <laughs> I would say the uh, the last one was probably the toughest, uh, and you did get that point. You, you had a good card with Wiggins, but he just played. I mean, Steph Curry. You know, you should I mean, use the phrase "epic battle" very loosely. <laughs> yeah. Epic, epic battle in that we didn't know if it'd be an epic sweep or not. That's probably fair. Uh, Here we are on this Tuesday. We got to tell you about our player of the week and more in the final hour of the program. But what we also need to do and have yet to accomplish so far yet on today's program is this. Let's celebrate our birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. All right. Birthdays in sports hot list for you today. Yeah, what do you got for us, Brooks? Well, we've got some NFL birthdays, some NBA birthdays, some Major League Baseball birthdays, and another special birthday. Uh, turning 29 today is an NFL wide receiver. It's Nelson Aguilar. 
29 years old. Aguilar was born in Lagos, Nicaragua. Immigrated to the United States as a child. He was a five-star recruit in high school and committed to USC fight on in 2012. In three seasons as a Trojan, he racked up over 3,500 all-purpose yards, 24 touchdowns. He was a first-team all-pack 12 as a junior. Declared for the draft in 2015 and was picked 20th overall by the Eagles. In 2017, he helped the Eagles to win Super Bowl 52, which we swore we would never talk about on this program again, but here we are. Nelson Aguilar, turning 29 years old I have today. zero memories of him playing for USC. Honestly, Same. don't well, remember that at all. Yeah, I can't. I don't, but happy birthday to Nelson Aguilar. Uh, turning 59 today in the NBA, or the former NBA guard, who's now the executive vice president head of basketball operations of the NBA, Joe Dumars. Yes, Joe Dumars. Happy birthday. 59 years old. Dumars played four seasons at McNeese State. Let's go Cowboys, where he was a four-time all-conference player. As a senior, he was a conference player of the year, and his number four is retired by those Cowboys. He was drafted 18th overall by the Pistons in 1985 and spent his entire 15-year career with the team and won, or was six-time All-Star, two-time NBA Finals champion, and a one-time Finals MVP. He became president of the Pistons in 2001, leading the team to another Finals champion. Championship and being named Executive of the Year in 2004. Joe Dumars, 59 years old today. Happy birthday, Joe. And then the other NBA birthday today is... Said that like we're on a personal yeah. friendship Hi, Joe. Happy birthday, Big J. <laughs> Former NBA guard turning 43 years old today is Tracy McGrady. T-Mac, as his friends call him, was an All-American high school in 1997, was taken ninth overall by the Raptors following his graduation. McGrady would play in the NBA for 17 years and for a time be one of the most dangerous scorers in the league. He was a seven-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA player, and two-time NBA scoring champion. Tracy McGrady turning 43 years old today. Happy birthday. I like T-Mac a lot. He, uh, in Orlando, was a lot of fun. And then his first couple years with the Rockets before he really started to have a bunch of injuries, there's that clip. I think it was a regular season game that the Rockets, he hit like four or five threes in the last 30 or 40 seconds. I, I know I'm very vague about it, but he hit he had one of the great little comebacks in the regular season with a, a handful of threes in a, under a minute, and it was uh, Mar- Marv was doing that game. Marv, I was like, yes! <laughs> and uh, so T-Mac, he was a heck of a player. Happy birthday. And then your MLB birthday today is a former MLB pitcher. His best friends call him Big Sexy. Bartolo Colon is turning 49 years old today. The Big Sexy was born in the Dominican Republic in 1973 and signed with the Indians in 1993 as an international free agent. Made his major league debut in 1997 and would play in the bigs until 2018. He was a four-time All-Star, one-time AL wins leader, and one-time Cy Young Award leader, uh, or winner. In 2016, at age 42, he became the oldest player in MLB history to hit his first career home run. Big Sexy turning 49 years old today. Happy birthday, Bartolo Colon. And then, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Brooks, if we wanted to go back to NBA superlatives with MLB superlatives, most likely win an SP War for a sports blooper. Tarlo Cologne (laughs) feels like a a good bet. He'd be a good choice. And then finally, your final birthday today, turning 24 years old, is a current co-host on the Abbey Award-winning sports talk show, Sports Call Auburn. Turning 24, he's also a former offensive lineman at Perry High School in Perry, Georgia. Brent Daughtry, 24 years old today. At Brant underscore Daughtry, give him some birthday love. I feel like I feel like if we're just gonna run down my superlatives. Brant's here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's magic, fair that you get to say hello on your birthday. The magic of radio. Steve wished you happy birthday earlier. I heard that. I heard that. If you're still listening, thank you very much, Steve. You've had a lot of birthday wishes today. I have. We hope it's been a good one for you, man. It has been fantastic. That's our birthdays in sports here today on May 24th, 2022. All right. Let's take our next commercial break here on the program. I want to talk about our newest sports call player of the week right after this. Tiger 95.9. on tweeters follow our sports call host jj jackson on twitter by searching at underscore jj underscore jackson underscore and follow the show on twitter by searching at sports call au hashtag is that two words now back to more sports call with jj jackson and the guys Welcome back into the program. Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM. JJ Jackson with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap skills and games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, then tap enable to use. You're done. All you have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. It's been a fun show. We've accomplished a lot and still have plans to accomplish a whole lot more. So let's do this. Sports Calls Player of the Week. PGA Championship winner Justin Thomas is Sports Calls Player of the Week, presented by Eric McDade State Farm. The 29-year-old defied odds during the third round on Sunday, entering the day trailing the leader by seven strokes. A turner at best three under and a few bogeys from the top of the pack allowed Thomas to force a sudden death playoff with Will Zalatoris, which Thomas won on the third hole. Quote, when you're that far behind in a major, you can't do it all yourself. You need some help, Thomas said. I understood that it was going to be tough for those guys, just as it was for me to try to win the tournament. I executed when I needed to, and it was just enough. It is Thomas's first major victory in five years. Justin Thomas's Sports Calls Player of the Week. Our Player of the Week presented by Eric McDade State Farm. Yes, indeed. We're giving it to Justin Thomas. A monstrous comeback there to win. Down eight shots and uh, has an epic playoff. Nito Pereira absolutely chokes. Yep. Sure did. <laughs> Look, and Justin Thomas won. He deserves to be our player of the week. I want to. I want to thank Justin Thomas too, um, because with about five or six holes completed on Sunday at the PGA Championship, I was contemplating turning it off. I was like, "This is not a good leaderboard. No one's playing that well. This is not what. This is not great. This is not what you want to see in a major championship." And then all of a sudden. Pereira starts playing poorly enough to where he's gone from even to one or two over. And no one has played well. I think Cameron Young was up there um, and Matthew Fitzpatrick. And they were all struggling. And all of a sudden, Justin Thomas has made that little that little score bug in the bottom right that has about the top five on it. And all of a sudden, Thomas is on there. It's like, okay, he's playing pretty well. If he can get this thing to five or six under, let's see. Well, at the time, honestly, six or seven under. 
and we'll see. And then he makes, a, a, I think, a birdie on 17, gets the five under, and but pars 18 after hitting a good shot. And I'm thinking, ah, five, probably not. And then Mito Pereira decides to have, I, I don't want to say all-time choke job, but a, a very serviceable choke job. Um, the number 100 player in the world, not expected to compete for this major championship win at all. Played so great, and then triples 18. If he had just bogeyed it, uh, or maybe he double bogeyed it, um, and if he just bogeyed, he would at least been in the playoff. And he and he hits in the water, and just all sorts of bad things. And so, Zalatoris, who's a quality golfer, versus Justin Thomas, who's a, going to be a Hall of Fame golfer, as now multi-major uh, champion winner. And had a very expert playoff, really good golf play in the playoff. Justin Thomas shot two hundred and three holes, and his uh, outdoors was one under. So, just Justin getting up there and eight shots back. I mean, we we often say is four or five shots the limit usually because it's like if that guy up front's playing well, shoots a couple under, you're gonna shoot seven eight under yeah. to beat him at that point. So usually you're kind of siphoning off the people within four or five shots and everyone else is out but to come back from eight shots it took it took a choke but it also took good play from justin thomas and he did just that brooks he's our player of the week uh last win i was looking this up his last win before here was back in 2021 march 14th he won the pg uh, the players championship had not won since he won the players championship in 2021 came back won his second pga championship uh won it first time like ryan was saying back in uh 2017 but just just a phenomenal performance there. That he and he said, you know, he said it in his quote, he can't win it all. Like he was that down that big of a deficit. You can't win it all by yourself. He needed other things to happen, and sure enough, things did happen. He took advantage of some of those uh, openings and came back and got a big win. So congratulations to uh, Justin Thomas. I'm going to ask the question I always ask every single time this happens. Bigger victory, sports calls player of the week or the PGA Championship? Well, it's rare we give it to many golfers. And Justin Thomas, you know, is associated with that other school within the state, that being the Alabama Crimson Tide. In a lot of ways, odds might have been against him eight shots back to win uh, to win the PGA Championship, but that was certainly the case for our Sports Call Player of the Week, and he's able to accomplish it. I think that's a big question, Brooks. Yeah. A really good one. So, yeah, who knows? I mean... And that there is the Alabama element to it that makes it hard to win an Auburn sports talk show. But again, I, I say, yeah, you know, I, I may most probably hold on to it. Probably the minority here, but I really don't care once you're away from the school. And there's plenty of NFL guys from Alabama. I'm the exact same way. Um, there's, there's. A, here, let me take it out of con. Everybody knows, and their brother knows how much I just love Duke basketball. There's Duke guys I like in the NBA. I mean, it, it just, it's just a different part of the part of it. You just let it go, or at least I just let it go. So, you know, I, I know people uh, will always say, "Oh, look at that Bama guy winning major, great." I, I look at it as saying that's a good golfer, that's a really good person, and great friends with Tiger Woods that won the major. So let it go. Say? Let it go. Okay, oh, well, no. let, we don't need that. That's, okay, that's not Player of the Week worthy right there, is whatever that was. Justin Thomas, our Sports Call Player of the Week, presented by Eric McDade, State Farm. Let's take a commercial break. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. 
I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM. It didn't make it out over We're, the year, I promise. Okay, okay. Yeah. It was not a bad word. It wasn't. It was, it it was, was just, just a, to be clear. Woo, it was an excited. Yep. We're enthusiastic about the show. Yeah. Yep. Or something else. Yeah. 887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of our program. JJ Jackson hanging out with my buddies, Ryan Lavoy and Brooks Childress. Are you having a good day, Brooks? I'm having a fine day. How about you, Ryan? I'm having a wonderful day. How was your day? It was a good day. Good. Glad to see uh, Austin Scott in the building a little bit earlier today. Glad to celebrate Brant Daughtry's birthday. Got to see some old buddies from college uh, at lunch, which was exciting and uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun day. So three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine. Obviously, uh, there's some big major world news taking place right now uh, with another mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas. I think I'm saying that right. U V A L D E at an elementary school. Uh, just absolutely heartbreaking. And, and tragic, awful, every every word that you can imagine with that. So certainly our thoughts and prayers are with those families and just the entire community, the state of Texas. We rallied a week ago for Buffalo, and we're going to do that again here for Texas. Um, as we move forward here in our show on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, again, talking about the SEC baseball tournament because we were mentioning the softball season coming to a close, unfortunately, at the NCAA regional level. They will not be one of the 16 teams going head-to-head in Super Regionals. Auburn baseball wants to play and host an NCAA regional, but before they could do that, they need to play the SEC tournament. Well, we don't know when they're going to play the SEC tournament. It has been a really eventful day. Ryan, how about you recap the day so far for folks? 9.30 a.m. when we went to bed last night, 9.30 a.m. was on our mind because that was going to be first pitch between Georgia and Alabama. And you know what we told everybody? (laughs) It's going to rain. rain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, it did. And so they delayed that by 30 minutes, the Alabama-Georgia game we're speaking of. And then I think the third or the fourth third inning, inning, they had a, another lengthy delay. They completed that game while we were on air, I think maybe 3.30 or so. To my knowledge, as of last check, 10 minutes ago, someone correct me if I'm wrong, they have still not started the second game of the day, and it is 5.36 Central time. <laughs> um, so needless to say, they uh, – postpone the Auburn game for today I say professionally that is the correct call I say as uh, the fan in me just play it 2 a.m. <laughs> let me let me go to sleep to the tune of Andy Burcham <laughs> calling a third inning ground out to second um, but um, it obviously makes a lot of sense that they are moving that the interesting thing in play I feel is if they eliminate the double elimination side of the tournament and just make it single elimination which I think realistically I think that's going to end up happening because it's again it's going to rain Wednesday and Thursday and I don't know how much I don't know how much it will alter play but to think we're just going to have nice sunny days that we can get four baseball games in the next two days is, is probably not the rational line of thinking and 
you know, by the way, we are not trying to play four tomorrow. In theory, we're going to have to play five. The Auburn-Kentucky <coughs> winner will probably still have to play. I, like, I don't know. I'm just saying, you're already starting to get into to some logistics here of how to schedule everything. And by the way, it's always been an incredibly long day to play four three- to three-and-a-half-hour baseball games at the SEC tournament. It's one thing to play four softball games in an SEC tournament, which we had to move the schedule around here a couple weeks ago for. Those are, softball games are two to two-and-a-half hours. Baseball games are three to three-and-a-half. Yeah. Um, and that's without extra innings. And so you're trying to play 13 or 14 hours of college baseball in a day. You start at 9.30. You're usually done around mid night and again that's without weather delays so you real what i'm trying to relay here is under normal operating hours for sports you don't have extra times to put another game anyway so you start losing more and more of these games to weather that that really shoves up against and by the way they ain't moving the selection show on behalf yeah. of the southeastern conference to another day it's going to happen sunday so monday always memorial me, monday. day monday um, so I, I don't think that um, I don't think they're going to end up doing the double elimination part. They'll have to decide, you know, tomorrow on that or by the end of the day today. Um, but if they if they can't get in the third game today, I assume they'll get floored in at some point. But if they don't start that till seven or eight p.m. and again, if they're about to start it, I'm not aware of that. But if they don't get that game started for another hour or two. You're going to be playing that one ten or eleven. You would be asking the third game of the day to start. You know, a really late hour, and with the full knowledge that you're going to play more than half that baseball game tomorrow, technically in one the two a.m. hours, noon Eastern on Monday on Memorial Day Monday. So that's eleven a.m. Central on ESPN two. You'll be able to watch the college baseball selection show. And I guess just to follow through with that point, so yes, it's not on Sunday, but if it's eleven a.m. Monday, again, you can't do anything. Correct. Monday. It's still everything as normal would have to be completed on Sunday, just Correct. like any of the other sports. Correct. Uh, and then next Friday, June 3rd, is when regionals would start. And then two weeks after that, Friday, June 17th, is the first day of the College World Series. The College World Series finals will start on Saturday, June 25th, and go through the 27th if necessary. Obviously, if a team wins the first two games of that final series, that third game does not matter. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Brooks, to sum it up, it gonna rain. That's as we've right. Been saying. It's uh, gonna be a lot of rain. It's still raining in Birmingham, I, I think. And so, who knows what's gonna happen? Uh, Ryan's on the track there. They may end up moving this and making it a single elimination going forward, and that would be uh, that'd be tougher. And I tell you what, I guess it would play into some advantage there for some of the teams uh, that. Uh, and and for some of the teams that didn't make it, like an Auburn that was fighting for that double elimination, and then you get automatically put in the single, you get put in single elimination after the results this weekend. The uh, the team you were fighting with, the LSU that did get the double elimination, if you go to that, now you're in single elimination. So it really, if you get, you know, if you look at that, it wouldn't have mattered if Auburn had won that, except for you get an extra day of rest. But now Auburn's going to get that extra day of rest anyway because they got to play t- tomorrow. Who knows what's going to happen with this tournament? And it's just it's it's always so chaotic and so like Ryan you were saying so long days where you've got trying to fit in four baseball games in the in the part, first part of summer where you're starting to start getting thunderstorms and rain almost every single afternoon and man it's it's a it's a, it's a fun tournament 
but it's just a chaotic tournament. It's just challenge, logistically yeah. challenging each time because, I mean, Austin was telling us today, as J.J. alluded to, he was in the office today, and he's been at a college baseball game in Hoover at 3 a.m. before. Yeah. And, you know, it, it just, it, like I said, Every it, year it never runs smoothly because even if you have days without weather, even if you have the full week without weather, Again, four college baseball games in one day is not easy to get into in normal time parameters. I mean, well, I, I know it was a Sunday, and Sundays are treated a little differently in the conference, but we just canceled a week and a half ago a baseball game in Auburn, Alabama, because they couldn't restart it with Alabama past 7 p.m. And they are trying to you know, imply and trying to play baseball at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. And so I'm just, again, telling you that that's a not a normal or that is unfortunately a normal part of it in Hoover and at the baseball tournament. And there's not a better way of doing it. I'm not saying, oh, you know, only eight teams would make the tournament. We play. No, that's not fun. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that you already have scheduling challenges as it is trying to play four games in a day, which all the conference tournaments have to go through. But nevertheless, it's never it's never simple getting these games in here in Hoover. Played at the Hoover Met. And again, this is where my lack of, of history and, and knowledge in the state of Alabama might come up. But I mean... The Hoover Met is made specifically for this event every year, correct? Made for it? Um, no, it used to be home of the Birmingham Barons uh, for a long time. What, what? But I'm saying this is the biggest event that takes place at that facility throughout the year, I would imagine. Yes, yes. In the scope of, yes. Because they do other stuff. Like Hoover High School plays there a lot now. Um but but yeah, it, it's in terms of national sports. Because and now that Birmingham's not there anymore, you know, an yeah. option would be in the future to help out with things like this to have two different sites. Yeah, um, but I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if you're so gung ho on 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 having the Hoover Met be the site of this. <coughs> Yeah, you know, that you don't want to factor in a secondary site for some of these early round games. I would be hit, interested to hear what the league says about it in terms of why it functions better than what the new Barron Stadium Regions Field down there in downtown. I would imagine just travel logistics and parking logistics because you've got to have multiple teams there. And I, we, carrying we, the we've actually, and you've, you've been with me to the, the, the New Barons Park, and there's just objectively not a, a lot of room down there because it is in the middle of downtown. So I would say it's probably logistics with fans and parking and team operations and that sort of thing. But to say you split it up and say two games are going to happen at the Met and two games are going to happen downtown at Regions Field, you would think – there wouldn't be anything wrong with that. That could be something you look at because, again, some people are saying, you know, why does the SEC tournament even have double elimination? That's really taxing on the team's arms. Well, okay, cry because Thursday, these games happen Wednesday and Thursday. It's an entire week before the NCAA tournament starts, right? I mean, again, the champion of the SEC's crown on Sunday, you don't play until Friday. You don't even, even the arms pitch Sunday can pitch in the, in the fir- first game of the region. 
original. So I'm not going to that part of it. It's just simply we all acknowledge it's tough to schedule it. But there are ways. I like that proposed way you had, JJ. I don't know what the league would tell you as to why yeah, they don't want it at there was one a side or, or why they don't do it downtown at all. But um, I, I certainly think we don't have to panic and just change the way we do the, tur- do the tournament because of weather every year. So sometime tomorrow morning on FM Talk 93.9, we hope All that, that you're to able to listen is, to Auburn baseball. We'll see you again tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Try again. Then. All right. And our show is almost over. So before we go anywhere else, let's give you a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. All right. It's our nightly TV guide. Brooks Childress, what's coming up on television tonight? Well, I'm not going to give you any movie picks because there's enough sports on tonight and pretty important sports. Uh that you need to check out. 6 o'clock on ESPN. The Stanley Cup playoff continues. Carolina and the New York Rangers get underway. Game four between these two clubs. Really, really good uh, winner of the series. Really good series. Winner of the series plays the Tampa Bay Lightning, who swept the Florida Panthers last night. And so it could be a all-Southeast hockey uh Final or could Eastern be conference final. Carolina pulls this pulls out the series victory. Then at eight thirty on ESPN, it is Game Four between the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers in the Stanley Cup playoff. You've you've not been watching this. It's a fiery series because both of these teams were from Alberta, Canada. They absolutely hate each other, and it's they, they've had a game that's had to, they stopped it with still time on the clock and said we're done because y'all are fighting too much. The game was already in check. You, there was not going to be any change in the in the result, but they stopped the game in regulation time and said, no more, you're fighting too much. That's how great the series is. Uh, 8 o'clock on TNT, the Golden State Warriors going for the sweep against the Dallas Mavericks as they play game four in Dallas. Dallas looking to at least get it to a gentleman's sweep possibility, but Luka Doncic and the Mavs fighting for their playoff lives tonight. MLB action tonight at 8.30 on TBS. Milwaukee takes on San Diego, San Diego uh, on T- like I said, on TBS. Really, really good series between two teams that are contending for playoff spots at the end of the year. And then, of course, the Braves back in action tonight looking to rebound against the Philadelphia Phillies. Max Freed on the mound tonight. That's at 620 on Valley Sports Southeast. And that is a look at your nightly TV guide brought to you by us. Thank you very much, Brooks. We certainly do appreciate that. Thank you to everyone that was a part of our show. Thank you to CJ Holmes and Justin Ferguson for being on today's program. Alongside Brooks Childress and Ryan LaVoy, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.